Blog Talk Radio. What's going on, folks? It's your boy, Long Beach Joe, and we are back at it, back at it, back at it again. All right? Happy New Year's to everyone. It's the first show uh, after New Year's is rung in. I hope everyone's having a great New Year's so far and enjoying themselves. Uh, let me tell you something. The Jets, you know, also had a game against the Bucks. We're going to be talking about that, that loss to the Bucks in a tough, tough game. We're going to be talking about the character assassination <laughs> that was done against Zach Wilson, you know, in the outcome of that Bucks game. We're also going to be talking about the upcoming Bills game as well, discussing a lot of things that's going on with the Jets. So, listen, the lines are open, 515-602-9639. 515-602-9639 is the number. So let's go ahead and get into it. I'm the man of the people. I'm here for the people. Let me shamelessly promote my Facebook page. Everyone go on Facebook, search The Long Beach Joe Show. Like that page. My content's up there. Go ahead and give it a listen. Message me. I'll message right back. I love going back and forth with folks about this football team. Also, leave me some feedback. I love hearing about what you folks think I do here on The Long Beach Joe Show. So without further ado, folks, let's go ahead and get into the show. I am fired up. I'm fired up, all right? I'm fired up. Listen, your boy is on iTunes, man. Long Beach Joe Show on iTunes. Get on over there. You know, subscribe to the to the podcast on iTunes. Give me a five-star rating and leave me some feedback. Let me know what you folks think about what I'm doing here on the Long Beach Joe Show and how much you folks enjoy it. I greatly appreciate everyone that does that. Uh, you know, I really like the feedback. I really like hearing about what you folks think I'm doing here. I'm also on Twitter as well, YoungJ000. Again, YoungJ000. You know, go ahead, follow me. I'll follow you right back, and we can go back and forth. I love talking to people about football. Some people just want to talk to me about life. You know, I'm here for that as well. Go ahead, give me your takes, give me your thoughts on life, and we can talk about that too. Uh, I'm also the show's page as well is at the Long Beach Joe at the Long Beach Joe on Twitter. You know, that's the show's page. You can go back and forth with me about football on there as well. Love discussing stuff. There's been a lot of lot to discuss in these past couple of days, so really enjoyed it and as well. For those of you that are listening to the audio, you know, on blog talk and everywhere else, if you want to see my handsome, beautiful face, listen, I have a face that's made for TV, okay? Let's keep it real. A lot of people got to stay on the radio. Not me, baby, okay? <laughs> Not me, you know what I'm saying? I, you know, I've been told, you know, by a lot of women, I'm a, I'm a very, you know, handsome guy. So guess what? You know, if you want to see this face, if you want to see what we're doing over here, I do live uh, show. I do live stream the radio show. So get on over to Long Beach Joe Jets. Long Beach Joe Jets on YouTube. Subscribe to the YouTube page there, and you will see the show when we go live. Keep in mind, when you subscribe, please hit that notification bell so that when I post content, y'all will be in the know. You know what I'm saying? Y'all will be in the know. So salutes to everybody. Again, listening, Venom G's, Everett Stewart, NY Jets FL. Salutes to all the savages in the chat. It's time to get into it. You know what I'm saying? We got callers. Please be patient. We'll get to everybody tonight. I'm going to give everybody a little rundown about the Bucks game. So much. Uh, I was very, very inspired and very happy about the fight that we saw against the Bucks. The New York Jets lost to the Bucks, 28 to 24, and what a fight we put up, right? We came out early. We were down our top three wide receivers, you know, Moore, Crowder, Davis, neither one of them were playing, but we all had questions about the offense going into the game. We were all wondering, hey, how are they going to perform in this football game, especially going against the Bucks, which is an unbelievably tough team. And let me tell you something. They came out and looked very good. Zach Wilson was 
very good in this football game. We saw a lot of very good throws. He was 19-33, 234 yards, also had a touchdown. We saw a lot of things out of Zach Wilson that we have been hoping to see all season. I personally believe that this is the best game that he has played all season. It's the most complete game he's played all season. We saw throws into tight windows. We saw him be able to dissect the defense. We saw him move defenders off with his eyes to open up throwing lanes to other wide receivers. We saw him utilize so many different tools within his skill set. It was insane. That, that game by Zach Wilson against the Bucks to me is his highlight game of this season. All right? Highlight game of the season. Another guy that also made some highlight plays as well, this Braxton Berrios. Serious business, you know, serious, serious business, okay? Eight catches, 65 yards, he had a touchdown, but he also had one rushing touchdown as well. Two TDs early for us in this game. This guy's a playmaker. He is a playmaker. And, again, going into this offseason, I'm looking at the situation, and I'm saying, I think Braxton Berrios is a must-sign. I think he's a must-sign, not for just what he gives us in special teams, but for what he adds to the table as a wide receiver coming out of the slot. So we're going to be talking about that tonight as well. I really liked his performance. We're continuing to see him do his thing. Uh, Carter, you know, had 54 yards on the day. He had a concussion, though, so he ended the day early. But I was also surprised the way that the defense played, too. The defense was playing very well early. The Bucks looked like they were just out of sorts, okay? We were just throwing things at them left and right, and things were not going well for them early. And we were even able to get an interception before the half by Eccles. Eccles was able to step up, get an interception. That put us in a position to kick a field goal. So things were looking pretty good for us, all right? At one point, I believe in the third quarter, we were up 24-17. to 24-17 on the Bucks. we were up. And things were looking really well. And then uh, we had the, the craziest thing happen. <laughs> one of the craziest things I've ever seen happen in the league happen. Antonio Brown just, you know, took his gear off on the sidelines. Him and, you know, Bruce Arians had had quite a bit of a disagreement there's still a lot of, you know, back and forth with that as well. You know, they're saying, hey, he wanted to, you know, he didn't want to go back in the game because he was hurt. Bruce Arians didn't feel like he was hurt. He wanted to go back in the game. When he said no, they were just like, you know what, just sit down. They were going to put him on that bench and move on. He took his gear off. He threw that, you know, under a bench. He took his shirt off. He took his gloves off. He threw those into the stands. He runs onto the field, onto the other end zone, while the Jets and the Bucks are still on the field at the other side of the field. And he, you know, pumps up the crowd a little bit, puts a, you know, one of those, puts one finger in the air, and takes off towards the, uh, <laughs> takes off towards the, uh, you know, the locker room, and never to be seen again. He was done. Walked away from the Bucks live during a game. That's one of the craziest things I've ever seen. Uh, you know, we we hear things about, you know, Vontae Davis walking away, you know, at halftime, but to leave right there on the field and then pump everybody up and take off. Man, that was crazy. We also saw our defense give up a third and 20 as well in this game. That was tough, you know. But we saw the Bucks also really turn up the pressure in the second half, especially with Fant going down, which we're missing him. He's, you know, going to be on the IR for the rest of the season. So he's done. So once Fant went down, we saw the Bucks really turn up the pressure. And once they turned up the pressure, it was tough. They were just all over us, and we couldn't keep drives going. They were, they were able to hit a field goal late. It was 20 to 24 at that point. And then we were able to do some things, and we thought, hey, the Jets got a drive going on down the field. It looked like we were in scoring position, right? We thought, hey, we can kick a field goal and be up by seven, or, you know, we can keep pushing for this touchdown. Well, play comes. It's fourth and two. I personally thought we were going to kick a field goal, but nope, the offense stayed out there on the field. Uh, They actually called a timeout before that as well, came out of the timeout, and – 
according, you know, to the Jets staff, there was a miscommunication because on fourth and two, there was a QB sneak that was ran <laughs> on fourth and two. And when I tell you it was shut down, it was shut down, baby. <laughs> it was just shut down. Easy peasy. And the Bucks were able to get the ball back, drive back down the field. And, uh, you know, Tom Brady does what Tom Brady did. You know, especially, again, we left, uh, I think it was like a minute and 40-something seconds on, on the clock left. Listen, you give Tom Brady that much time, it is what it is. He goes back down the field, hits Grayson for a 33-yard touchdown. They also hit a two-pointer, which made it 28-24. to 24. Now, there was a lot of question, okay, about that fourth and two call. I didn't like it. I was upset. I was beside myself, you know, with my family going crazy on a fourth and two call. But, again, there's been a lot of talk after it. A lot of people tried to initially blame Zach Wilson. We had a lot of people in the media on certain platforms go off and call Zach Wilson selfish. They tried to say that he called his own number. They tried to say that the play was all his idea. Well, the New York Jets coaching staff comes out and says, hey, listen, that call was not Zach's fault. There was a miscommunication on the call. We were looking to get, you know, a, a handoff to Braxton Berrios, and if we would have, it, looking at the film, we think we would have got a first down. We would have been able to close the game out. But the way that it was miscommunicated, which was on our end, this is directly from Coach Robert Sella and also Coach Michael LaFleur as well, stepped up and said, hey, we miscommunicated that play. It was, a fault. it was the fault of us. Zach ran the play exactly as it was designed, exactly as it was designed. But still and yet, you have a lot of people coming out <laughs> saying that Coach Robert Sella and the offensive coordinator is just covering for Zach Wilson because Zach Wilson is to blame for that. You have a lot of people in the media trying to stir up this narrative that Zach Wilson is selfish, that he's a diva, and that he wanted to take that game into his hands and win the game itself. And it doesn't matter what's said. It doesn't matter how it's being explained. It doesn't matter who's saying what. Even though the coach himself, the head coach himself, is saying that it's not Zach Wilson's fault, you still have people riding with this narrative that they want to protect Zach Wilson for some reason. And this is my issue about this, and we'll get to the lines in just a second, 515-602-9639. 515-602-9639 is number call in. Here's my issue with this narrative. People are acting like Zach Wilson hasn't been criticized by this coaching staff publicly. Like, I feel like people get hit by the neuralizer stick. Anybody knows what a neuralizer stick is? It's from Men in Black. You know that stick where they hit, they put their shades on, they hit you with the flash, and then you just forget stuff? I feel like a lot of Jets fans and also Jets media is getting hit with that stick constantly this year because I constantly hear people come up with narratives, even though there's facts that can be provided that can blow those narratives up. Here's the facts. This Jets coaching staff has criticized players and themselves publicly consistently throughout this entire year, Okay. Let me, let me take you down a little, a little, uh, a little history uh, trip right here. Earlier this season, when Zach Wilson was not playing well and was looking to launch everything down the field and wasn't playing within the offense, you know how we knew that? Because the coaching staff came out and told us that. It was Mike LaFleur. It was Coach Robert Sulla came out and literally said, Zach needs to learn how to play boring football. He needs to learn how to make the easy throws, the check down throws to the, the running backs, the wide receivers, the tight ends, whoever's out there, and stop trying to launch everything downfield. He's not playing within the offense. I'm going to say it again. They came out and literally said he's 
not playing within the offense. He needs to make the easier throws. He needs to learn to play within the offense because currently he is not playing within the offense. That is public criticism. (laughs) He was playing horribly. Earlier this season, Zach Wilson was not playing well. When he threw those four interceptions against New England, the coaching staff came out and talked about that. He needs to learn how to take care of the ball. He needs to stop throwing the ball, you know, into places that it should not be. He's got to get better. This coaching staff has not been shy about publicly criticizing Zach Wilson. As a matter of fact, this coaching staff has not been shy about publicly criticizing any player on this roster. Does anybody remember Denzel Mims? I know some of you have may, may have forgot him because he hasn't been playing much, but you know why? Because the coaching staff publicly came out and said that he does not know the playbook well enough to play. Anybody remember that? All the heat that they were taking early. Mike LaFleur, Coach Sulla, both of them came out and literally said, in a nice way, he doesn't know the playbook well enough, he doesn't understand the positions well enough, and we're not going to play him until he does. Not only did they say these things publicly, they followed them up with actions. This dude, has been, his ass has been on the bench for I don't know how long. We ain't seen the guy since I don't know when. He's been on the back of a milk carton all season. We are down three top wide receivers here. We're down. Our top three guys were, were gone. We're still not seeing him play. Still. Nobody, nobody ever sees the guy because they follow that up with action. Not only do they criticize players, they criticize themselves publicly as well. When Mike LaFleur was a guy that everybody damn near was being headhunted by the media and the fan base, there were fans that wanted to fire him during the season. He came out publicly during interviews with our local beat and on the Jets everywhere saying, my play calling is not good enough. The struggles on this offense, the struggles with what's going on here, it's my fault. I need to figure out how to step up and get better play calls. This was before he went to the booth. Anybody remember that? Because I do. Anybody get hit by the neuralizer stick? Huh? I didn't. I must have my shades on 24 hours a day because I remember all these things, okay? When Sulla was blowing through timeouts and had game management issues, anybody remember all the timeouts that he blew through during the Dolphins game? You know what he did? He came out and said, that is unacceptable. The issues that we had game management-wise are on me, on the coaching staff. We can't have that. And I'm holding myself accountable. He literally said that. These narratives are insane. They're insane. And if you want to know why such an issue, attracting free agents to come here, and why so many players do not want to play for the New York Jets, why we've had so much of an issue being able to attract players, part of it has been the media. Part of it has been what we're seeing right now being done to Zach Wilson. You can do exactly what the coaches tell you to do and still have people on your back in the media, still have fans on your back, even though you're doing exactly what you were told and the coaches came out and said that he's doing exactly what we're told. It doesn't matter. We're going to make up narratives to drum up drama. That's exactly what's being done. That's part of the reason why we are not a huge destination for free agents. Part of the reason. That's part of the reason why we constantly have to try to overpay guys to get them to come play here. I have to say that because it, it upset me. <laughs> 515-602-9639. I'm going to the callers because I want to hear from people. I want to hear – we're going to be talking about the Bucks game. We're going to be talking about Calvin Ridley. There's a lot of people that want to trade for him. We'll discuss that. We're going to be talking about the upcoming game against the Bills. We're going to be talking about what's being done to Zach Wilson in the media. We're talking about it all. 515 
602-969-6390 is the number. Call in. I'm taking all callers. And you call in, be patient. We're getting to everybody. And I'm going to hear your take. And for those of you that are new, because I do get new callers, when you call in, stay on the line, okay? I have a queuing system. I can see you. You don't have to call in and hang up, call in and hang up, all right? If you do that, you'll be at the bottom of the queue. I'll never hear from you. Salutes to everyone, all the savages. Please give the stream a thumbs up wherever you watch me from. And retweet, retweet the stream. Share it with your friends and family. If you can, across your social media platforms, I greatly appreciate it. If you have not subscribed, please subscribe and hit that damn notification bell. I'm fired up. I'm fired up because that, that upset me. Having the coaches publicly come out and say he did exactly what we told him to do and their still character assassination is insanity to me. Salutes to all the savages in the chat. I call my cat savages. Why? Because they get after it and they are savage. Nobody is safe. Nobody. <laughs> Nobody is safe. Not even me. Time to get to the callers again. 515-602-9639. 515-602-9639 is the number. Call in. First call I'm going to is my guy, Chris. Chris, I'm coming directly to you. Salutes to you, Chris. Everybody I want to thank you for calling. Stand up, Joe. Stand up and let me hear y'all say J E T S. Judge, Judge, Judge. What a game! What a game! Let's go, Chris. Bring me in. That's right. Let's start this part. Let's start this right, man. Let's talk about it because I'm saying nobody, I don't care who you are, you nobody expected this game. We were almost looking at a Super Bowl game against the goat of goats, Tom Brady. And if anyone says that this was a bad game, come on. Zach Wilson, shot for shot, throw for throw, touchdown after mm-hmm. touchdown. The defense saw the offense playing hard, and the defense said, we got to play hard too. And if you are going to talk about anything, anything at all, we all got to be talking about how the heck does anyone not realize that if Michael Carter was still in this game, we would have just ran the ball instead of a QB sneak or instead of a passing it to Barrios. Come on, guys. This was a great game, positive moving forward. Joe, I yep. love your show, man. Preach. Preach the truth, my man. Preach mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Chris, that's, that's, all right. I'm that's good. What we do here. That's what we do here. That's what we do here. I bring the heat, and I speak facts. Now, one of the things that you were talking about, because you're already bringing the fire, you talked about, look, the fourth and two call, it not working out. Give me your thoughts on how – Zach Wilson has been attacked, and his character has been attacked since the call didn't work out. What were your thoughts on all of the things that you're seeing from the media and the fan base? Of course, as a fan base, when you see the game, you ask yourself, what happened? And then you're upset, of course. We're fans. We see what's in front of us. And, of course, once we have the conversation and we hear the conference between the coaches and the players, then you get the understanding. Two big parts I want to talk about. One, We are talking about a rookie quarterback. Don't talk about his character. Don't talk about his his sense of mannerism. This kid is learning the system. Every single game, every single snap, every single second of a gameplay is a learning experience. And two, 
this coaching staff is realizing what they have in front of them, not with just the QB, but with players. And they are learning more and more as the game goes on. I'm sure there were tons of plays that they were going and scrambling through their heads, both on defense and offense, on what they could have done better. Even Michael Fleur, who is taking all the criticism and is saying himself, this is on me. Say, uh, I got to ask you, Joe, have you mm-hmm. ever seen a coaching staff love them, love the players and have players love the coaching staff so much ever seen in the, in the, uh, in the Jets NFL system? Really? Man. And it blows Man. my mind. Yeah. It blows my mind that our own comp, that the, okay, I got to calm down a little bit, but it blows my mind Come that on, we man. have, it blows my mind that a Jets social media, uh, not social media, but a media of film, mm-hmm. even having ex-Jet players trashing this kid. We should be lifting this kid up. You act like That's this kid's on his third year. That's why I love your channel, man. I love, uh, I love YouTuber Jet fans because we're speaking real. We're saying, how can mm-hmm. you trash this kid as if he's already gone through his whole four years? No, this is his first year. And what a game. Did we not see those throws in the middle of the field? And he's gunning it to Barrios, to Cole, to, to the even White, even um, Smith, who is a seven-string yep. receiver. And this kid is yep. making him look like almost a pro. Come on. Yep. What a game. Oh. I'm on my, I, was, I was working. I'm a kid working, and I say, oh, the game's going on. I looked at the game on the first quarter. I said, we're beating them? I have to call off work. I got to see this game. And I'm on my seat <laughs> on the edge. I'm freaking out, man. I'm so looking forward to next year, man. I'm looking so forward yeah. to next year. Thank you for your channel, man. Thank you for this. Yeah. Speak the <laughs> truth. Let's look forward to 2022. Jets going to hit the hunt, man. We're going for the hunt this season. We're going for the hunt. J-E-T-S. Now, my final question for you, Chris, because you brought the heat, man, is what are your expectations from Zach Wilson in his upcoming game against the Bills, and what is your final score prediction as well for the game? Uh, Final score predictions. You know what? Just for uh, final score predictions, I still think Bills are going to have – play hard game they're playing for something Mm -hmm. something real uh so i think the bills are going to come out with a win now as far as what i'm expecting from zach wilson i'm gonna i want him to play it just the same i don't give a crap about i i i i want a good draft pick regardless of anything but i don't care what they're thinking i want the players to play like they're still playing the bucks like they're pissed Mm -hmm. off that they lost that last game against the bills and they're like no we got to prove Something and if they're going for a W, which I we all know that they are, everyone's going for a W. Go for that W. I want to feel excitement. I want to see Zach Wilson show the world, show the media, show even the people talking about him after a game that he is a great player, that he can throw, yeah. and he is future. Prove everybody that. Absolutely, absolutely. Listen, Chris, I want to thank you for calling. You have yourself a good night, my friend. You too, man. Let's go. Jets coming up, man. Jets. That's what I'm talking about. We're going to continue with these lines again. 515-602-9639. 515-602-9639 is the number. Call in. We are taking callers. Listen, we're off hot 
You know what I'm saying? We are off hot all day, every day. We're coming out with straight fire. Fire. We're going to keep getting to these lines again, 515-602-9639, 515-602-9639 is the number. Call in. Next, I'm going to my guy, Donovan. Donovan, I'm coming directly to you. Salutes to you, Donovan. I want to thank you for calling in tonight. How are you feeling, my friend? Give me your thoughts about the play of Zach Wilson against the Bucks, man. How do you feel about his performance? Joe, what up? Salute to you. I haven't talked to you in a Salute, couple weeks. Man. I figure I'll let it, you know, simmer out and let it be what it be until we got some more information. And I just want to bring mm-hmm. it back to you. When we had the call-in show, or you had the call-in show in August, and you said, who do mm-hmm. I think is going to be a surprise player for us? Who did I tell you? I said, Braxton Berrio. You did. Keep an eye on him. I've been saying this mm-hmm. since last year. Braxton Berrios, pay that man, mm-hmm. pay that mm-hmm. man. Don't don't overpay, don't overpay now. <laughs> Keep him in the right price range, you know what I mean. But the man needs to come back in the building. <laughs> Got to come back. And Zach, yeah. Yeah. anybody who's complaining about Zach, you you haven't been watching the progression throughout the season. Like that was his. Yeah. We've been asking for a full game from him. He's only had like you know a half or maybe a quarter where he looked pretty good, whatever. This was a complete game. If we had a legit tight end and maybe a true number one, man, man, the kid looks good. I I wasn't really – I wasn't doubting him, but a lot of Mm -hmm. my friends was like, oh, we we might have to move on from Zach Wilson. But why? We have to wait and see what he is. He's a young kid. And then, sure enough, now they all talk about, oh, he might actually be okay. I'm like, yeah, you got to relax. You got to let things play out. Yeah. And so when you when, – and, again, salute to you, Donovan. I want to thank you for calling in. Now, when you look at this, that call, fourth and two, which I believe is the call that costed us the game, we weren't able to win the game. Uh, we ran a QB sneak on fourth and two. There was a lot of talk coming from the media, bashing Zach Wilson, talking about his character, talking about all these issues. What were your thoughts about the attacks that you saw go, or the attacks that you heard about for coming from the media, going after Zach Wilson, calling him selfish and all these things? I, I, I don't even understand it. Like, that's the problem with the New York media. Like, even any team, like, we want everything so fast and we're ready to point fingers at this one, that one. We don't never let things play all the way out. It doesn't matter what team mm. you follow in New York. That's just what it is. Personal level, like Bart Scott was doing and, and Willie Cologne and, and, and who was it, Doosable, I think it is. They, they were yep, attacking they him doosable. on a personal level, call him, calling him uh, Peter Pan and smallest legs on the – why are you doing all of that? Like, just say what your, mm-hmm. your gripe is and, and, and move on. You don't got to – if you're going to attack him, attack him on his play on the field. Don't attack him on a personal level. Because I think yeah. in, in all actuality, I mean, if you think about what the kid has gone through all year, he's taken accountability for himself the whole entire year. You know what I mean? Yeah. And he's saying that he has to work on stuff. He has to work on stuff. I mean, what more do you want, like, from the kid? Like, And then they're all on other platforms now. They're getting their interviews, and they're talking about, oh, yeah, Zach played amazing. You went on a 30-minute <laughs> tyrant attacked on a personal level and never talked about how great he played. 
And I'm a diehard Jet fan. I hate Tom Brady. I would have loved to get the win. But at the end of the day, you know, it, it is what it is. Like, we, we didn't win the game, but they played mm-hmm. amazing. And I think that's what we wanted all year long. We wanted them to play great. If they lose, we can live with that as long as we have something to attach ourselves to. And that's why I think a lot of fans yep. are talking out now, and they're like, yeah, this is, what we, this is all what we asked for. Lose close games. I mean, the way we lost it was terrible. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But once I, once, the, once I stepped away a couple hours later, I was like, you know what? They played great. I'm, I'm not even mad. Yeah. Yeah. And that, and like you said as well, and you, you brought up a great point. Jets fans really just wanted to see, you know, if we lose, okay, we lose. We understand that, again, a lot of people have lost sight. We're in a rebuilding uh, phase. I don't know if anybody remembers right. this whole deal, but I keep having, I feel like I have to keep reminding people we're in a rebuild. Like we're in the start of an actual rebuild. Right. Stop talking about what McCagney did. That was not a rebuild. I don't know what the hell that was, but that was not a rebuild. It wasn't a true rebuild. He didn't do it properly. Mm-hmm. So here we are starting again, right, and we're in the midst of our rebuild. Well, within that rebuild, guess what? You're going to have these situations where you're losing. You're trying to put a team together. We still need to fill gaps with talent, but we want to see the team play well and open that door of hope to show us some light at the end of the tunnel. We want to see you go out there and be competitive on a weekly basis. If you're losing to teams like the Bucks, who – honestly, are a legitimate Super Bowl threat this year, right? Then there's various right. other teams, too. But as long as you're competing and you're fighting hard and you're out there giving it all that you got, and we see that on the field, we're seeing things work out, the play calling that we're seeing from the floor, the coaching ability, I mean, outside of that fourth and two, but the play calling that we're seeing from the floor and we're seeing the coaching ability from Sulla, because it's also a judgment period for them as well, a lot of people are forgetting. It's not just about the players, it's also about figuring out if they're the proper guys to lead the rebuild. So as long as we're seeing all these things work in concert and we're seeing all these things out on the field and they're looking good, we don't have enough, but they're looking good, then guess what? That gives fans hope to say, you know what? We're headed in the right direction. That's all we want to do, dog. Are we headed and, in and the also, right damn direction? Go ahead. And also, if you don't think Eccles is a, is a starter or Bryce Hall is a starter or Gidry is a starter or a lot of these Talk guys aren't starters, guess, right, guess yep. what? They're still playable guys that are in a rookie contract that know they have one full year of the system and they can be rotational guys and we can build this thing properly so we're not always for – a guy who we can put in and, and let him learn the system. You have a guy who, who, who's a rotational piece who started for you at one point, got a good grasp of the defense or the offense or whatever you're doing, and he's in the system. Mm-hmm. You can rotate him in. If a guy goes down, it's the next man up. You can see it like these other teams. We see other teams, and they're like, oh, their left tackle just went down, and the guy steps in, and he's just as good. And you're like, well, wait, how the heck? That's because they're recruiting these guys and keeping them in the system and keeping them flowing through so everything can pro- progress. That's why yeah. I called, when I called a couple of weeks ago, I said, anybody who's mad, what was that? I think it was, I called after the New Orleans game. And I said, anybody mm-hmm. who's mad, you can't really be mad. This is the first time I've been watching the Jets since 98. And this is the first time that I can see since the Parcells and, and even what we did with Mangold and everything like that. This is the first time we're sitting here and we're looking at it like, okay, we have some pieces here that could be rotational pieces. They can stay for a little while. We have the draft capital. We have the money to do it. You have Joe Douglas. I know we've all been critical about Joe Douglas. Some things he did wrong, but look at what he's done to clear it out the proper way of how you rebuild. You cleared out your top guys. 
that we thought were top guys, Jamal Adams, Sam, Sam Darnold, um, Leonard Williams, Robbie Anderson, all of those guys that I just named, look what we got back and look what they're doing. I don't even know mm-hmm. how you can really be mad as a Jet fan. Like, everybody needs to calm down. This is not the time to be mad no more. It's time to rejoice mm-hmm. a little bit. You can relax a little bit, you know? It is. Yeah, absolutely. And you're completely correct, Donovan, because let me tell you something. The way he hit the Seahawks with that old fleece button for old Jamal Adams, a thing of beauty. Salute to you, Seahawks. Terrible. Overrated box safety, it just brings a smile to my face, Donovan, every time. And then the offensive line, we've been critical about them. Look at the off, look at the offensive line, Joe. Yeah. yeah. You got to give credit one credit to. I'm not saying that we don't keep upgrading it, but I'm saying yeah. you had a lot of plug-and-play pieces in here we haven't even seen back in all year. Fant goes down. Idoga lets off one sack, but for the most part, he kind of held his mm-hmm. own. For you can't even be mad at it. Yeah. So when Feeney, you listen, and, we didn't and, even and, think Feeney was a guy. <laughs> that, that's that's what I'm talking about. Now, when you look at some of the pieces, and I want to ask you this question because again, we got free agency coming up. We'll be talking about the off season, but there's a lot of rumblings about trading for Calvin Ridley. A lot of people are starting to talk about it. What are your thoughts about that, man? Is he a guy that you would give up capital for? I mean. That's the point of having the draft capital, right? It's not about mm-hmm. drafting the, the next guy, but you have the draft capital to go out there and say, hey, you guys are thinking about moving from Calvin Ridley. Here's a second-round draft pick. You have a known talent instead of trying to make sure this talent is, 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 is in the right system and he can progress through the NFL. You've already seen what he's done. I mean, he's going through something right now. You've got to fall back and see where he's at mentally. I think he had a couple mm-hmm. of injuries, but, I mean, if you get a Calvin yeah. Ridley and a decent tight end to this, listen, yeah. this can be turned around. It, it can't. Listen, listen, and I, and I hear that, and I've gone back and forth with just a few people about this because this is kind of fresh as well, too. And so my initial take on it is I'm not interested in Calvin Ridley, and here's why. You brought up the injuries, right? There, he has had quite a bit of injuries this season. This is not his greatest season, right? But it's also the issues where they talk about him having a mental illness and not being sure of whether he wants to move forward playing football. That was a big concern mm-hmm. with the Falcons this year, right? So for me, right. I look at it like this. The injuries aside, right, because, again, you can trade for a guy that's been injured. I remember I was advocating over the moon for, uh, you know, Robinson that, that plays with the Bears. I, I wanted him <laughs> like crazy. Yeah, he was coming off of ACL tear. But when you have a guy that's questioning whether he wants to play football or not or where he's at, I don't think I'd want to take a chance on a guy like that, giving draft capital. You talk about a second. I've heard people talk about, you know, uh, higher than a second-round pick. I've heard people say, hey, they won't give it. Whatever it is, I'm not willing to give up draft capital for a guy that doesn't know whether he wants to suit up next year or not. I'm not, I'm not willing to right. do that. Here's why as well. I'm not the highest that draft on capital, him. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm, I'm not either. But with that draft capital as well, when you look at what Joe Douglas has been able to do in the draft, with let's say giving up a second-round pick, dude, we got Elijah, Elijah uh, Moore in the second round. There's other targets mm-hmm. that can come out this year as well in the second round. I would love mm-hmm. to get another. If we go wide receiver, again, mm-hmm. we'll be talking about a lot. There's a lot of options. But if we go wide receiver, I would love to get another young wide receiver to pair here so that we can move forward with them on a cheap contract and have them for years to come here pair with Zach Wilson. I'd rather us do that than go after Ridley in this point. 
I just I cannot deal with a guy, or I don't even want to have to deal with a guy that is questioning whether he wants to play football. Because let me tell you something, he's in Atlanta right now. You come to New York, that pressure is going to be turned all the way up. <laughs> you see what we're doing to Zach Wilson? You oh already, yeah. You already. Let's keep it real. I'm keeping it real. Whatever. You mm-hmm. already see what's going on with Zach Wilson. That pressure is going to go from wherever it is to Atlanta to the highest. They, dude, you've been a Jets fan your whole life, just like me. You, you already see what we do to players here. They will follow mm-hmm. him from his house to the facility. We've seen that. We've seen them yep. follow guys to bowling alleys before to film them in that's their off fair. time. We've seen, we've seen it all. So that's the reason I want to stay away from Calvin Ridley. I'm more than happy to take a, a wide receiver or I know people are talking about even taking a tight end in those seconds and mid-rounds or whatever to give Zach more receiving options. But I just – I'm not interested in Calvin Ridley. The injuries, the question marks about football, I don't want to do it, man. But my next question for you, my friend, is I want to ask you about this upcoming Bills game. Now, you talked about this offensive line. You got Fant going out. You got McGovern out as well. How concerned are you about protection issues going up against this Bills football team? Because you know they're going to bring the heat, bro. They're still playing for something. They're still trying to, you know, make their way, make their push, get that, that higher seed. Are you concerned that Zach Wilson is just going to be eaten alive and overwhelmed by the pressure and blitzes that the Bills are going to bring to the table? I mean, I, I, we're going to be a run-first team to begin with, so I'm fine with that. But I think Zach, I think Zach can hold his own because you had guys coming right up the middle at some point, and he was especially on that screen play that he threw out to the side there to, um, I think it was Berrios. He mm-hmm. he took the he took him coming right to his face just dumped it off. He didn't look nervous. He looked comfortable, comfortable and everything. So, I mean, you got to expect it to happen, but we owe the bills. So uh, listen, we owe them. Mm-hmm. We owe them. It, 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 oh. it stinks because the Patriots will win the division, but I'm kind of used to the Patriots winning. So I'm fine. I'd rather Buffalo and Miami stay in the bottom of the barrel like us and let one of us, one of the crabs out of the barrel. You know what I mean? <laughs> Keep Buffalo <laughs> down. Let's beat them. I can deal with yeah. the Patriots winning. They've been winning. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. who cares? Yeah. We open yeah, you talking that talk. They knocked us out of the that's playoffs. That's a fact. So now give me give me that, your final I, score that's prediction. The way I'm looking man. at it. Yeah, give me your final, final score prediction. Score, man. How do you think the game ends up? I think it's gonna be a tight game again. I I think I I mean, I'm gonna say it's it's gonna be a loss. I'm gonna be realistic. But I think it's mm-hmm. going to be – I still think we're going to hold our own, and I think it's going to be another late one for them to win it. And I think we're going to – I think it's going to be like a 27-20, kind of like what we've seen last week. And we're going to be we're going to be competitive. I think they're ready to go. I think they have that okay. bad taste in their mouth from last week. It could, it could be upset, but I think we'll play, we'll play well, but we'll lose 27-20. 27 I respect it, Donovan. I respect it. So my last question before I let you go, man, give me your thoughts about this Antonio Brown situation. You watch him walk off the field. Is that the craziest thing that you've seen happen in football? By far. I mean, we've never seen that. But, I mean, I don't don't even know what to believe about the whole situation because he's saying there's fractured Mm -hmm. bones in his foot. My man did jumping jacks the whole way out, though, like. Uh, I don't know. Like I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. He's burned every yeah. every bridge that he's any person that was in his corner for anything from mm-hmm. Pittsburgh all the way up till now. Like he's burned yeah. all the bridges. So I mean, I'm not saying he has mental. I mean, 
he does have mental issues. I don't want to put it all on yeah. that. Like at some point you got to be responsible for yourself. That could have went a totally different way. Mm-hmm. Like I get it. If, yeah. if a coach tells you get off my field or you're done or anything like that. Yeah. But at the end of the day, there's a bunch of stuff my bosses say to me and I want to do what I want to do, but mm-hmm. I'm not going to do that and, and make myself look crazy. He, he, yeah. He's crazy. Something, something's yeah. not right. There's something going on, Donovan, like you said as well. But I'll, the take it, I'll take it. If the, if the Jets are the reason why you went crazy and went off the field, hey, that's that's another notch in our belt. I'll take it. We created Tom Brady, and we just made his, it made his world worse because he ain't going to get a chip. He don't got no receivers this year. All right. Well, salute to you, Donovan. I want to thank you for calling in. You have yourself a good night. All right, Joe. <laughs> Listen, we're going to keep getting to these lines. Again, 515-602-9639. 515-602-9639 is the number. Call in. We are taking all callers. Please be patient. We'll get to everybody. If you're watching me, no matter where you're watching me from, please give the stream a thumbs up and a follow as well if you're on YouTube. Please subscribe. And when you do subscribe, please hit that notification bell so when I post content, you folks will be in the know. Share the stream with your friends and your family. I love, you know, coming in contact with different people and having football discussions with everyone. Also, if you'd like to give to the stream, my super chat is there. You can hit the super chat right in above the chat. Also, uh, if you don't want to hit the super chat, some people just want to hit me in my cash app. Cash app is right at the bottom of the screen. Anything that you give to the platform is greatly appreciated. So we're going to get back to these lines again. 515-602-9639. 515-602-9639 is the number. Call in. Next, I'm going to my guy, Jacob. Jacob, I'm coming directly to you. Salutes to you, Jacob. I want to thank you for calling in tonight. Jacob, give me your thoughts about Zach Wilson, man. How do you feel about his play against the Bucks? and do you think that this is the best game that he's had so far this season? Hey, what's going on, Joe? Uh, nice to talk to you what's again. Happy New Year, too, by the way. Um, Happy New Year to you as well, my friend. You know, you know, right when I heard you were going to be talking about Calvin Ridley and everything, I'm like, oh, yeah, i got to call in because you know how I feel about those top wide receivers. <laughs> but, um, mm-hmm. you know, getting back onto the game, I just – obviously there's a lot to look forward to. It was a well-played game up until the end. But, you know, unlike most Jets fans, contrary to their opinions, I'm not totally thrilled with the result because obviously at the end of the day you want to come out of there with a win. And I get their stuff to okay. look forward to, and I'm thrilled that it wasn't a blowout. But at the same time, mm-hmm. I just think, you know, us being happy and celebrating about close losses is not ideal still. So, obviously, there's stuff to look forward to, but I'm striving for, you know, wins and, you know, greatness for this team rather than yeah. celebrating when the losses are close. Mm-hmm. No, listen, and I, and I do hear you. I've had discussions with people about that too, but I think the reason why – um, it makes it a bit easier to stomach is because you you know as well as I do, Jacob, that we're still in a building mode right now. This is Absolutely. probably the best team in, in the NFL, arguably. You know, I know people have, you know, various teams up there, but this is one of the best teams, if not the best team in the NFL. This is a team that's going to be competing for a Super Bowl. We are not there yet. We're a team that's still trying to figure things out. We're in a rebuild. We're trying to fill this team with talent at various positions and find our way still. This 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 kid that we got, Zach Wilson, he's a full-blown rookie. We're we're really celebrating him stepping out and improving in front of yeah. our eyes. That's what we're celebrating. We're celebrating him taking a step forward. So for us, for a team that hasn't had a quarterback in I don't know how long, seeing a young guy step out there and continue to show flashes of greatness and then put together a game where we're like, whoa, this kid could really be good 
if he just continues uh-huh. on his way, and not only that, but continuing to see him talk about getting better. We're hearing players come out and talk about how in the locker room he is becoming a leader. He's demanding greatness from players around him. Those are the things that you need as a, you know, within your young quarterback or within no, your quarterback sure. period that's going to drive your franchise forward. So that's what I think we're celebrating there, uh, Jacob. Yeah, I can see that. And I think there's definitely a lot to look forward to. And, you know, when we're going into the offseason looking for, you know, games to watch again on tape, because obviously over the offseason you've got to go back and rewatch old film because there's nothing new coming out all the time week, week after week. Um, this is definitely mm-hmm. one of the games we're going to want to go back and look at because when you keep up with the Super Bowl, you know, the reigning Super Bowl team, um, that's absolute improvement right there. If you would have told me at the beginning of the season coming in here with a rookie, a quarterback, a rookie, at running back, rookie, at wide receiver, a couple rookies on, you know, uh, at corner, rookie on the offensive line, just rookies all over the place telling me that we're going to yep. be neck and neck with Tom Brady until the last drive. Nobody's believing that. And so I can definitely see where all this, you know, celebration is coming from. All I'm saying is just instead of getting comfortable now that it's happened once, settling for and being happy with close losses, let's yeah. look forward to what we got in the future, but not settle for close losses and be happy when we get wins. That's all I'm trying to mm. say. Okay. No, listen, and I, and I hear you. I'm just – I think we're all just excited about seeing – Zach Wilson improving. Yeah. Of course, we want wins. I think everybody wants wins. But watching him improve, and not just him as well, the team itself. And that's where my next question is for you. When you look at Braxton Berrios, who's a guy that really has stepped out, we were down our top three wide receivers. He steps in and is really out there making plays, has a receiving touchdown, runs in a touchdown. Dude, is this, this a guy that you should keep for the future? Is he a must-resign for you to keep, keep him around this Jets facility? Yes. Without a doubt. He's like our own – I'm not saying he's Debo Samuel, but in terms of how Debo Samuel is utilized for the Niners, that's like what Braxton Berrios has done for us, it feels like. And so I really think yeah. right when we got to the contract extension of John Franklin Myers, that for me was like the turning point of, okay, we're no longer tanking, trying to get picks for as long as possible. When we see we have talent in the building, we're going to start trying to keep it around. And so I'm very confident – that we're going to make that same type of move with Braxton Berrios. Now, I don't think he's going to get, you know, in the 10-plus million a year range, but I would say if we can get him for something like four years, 24 million, four years, 26 million, something around there where he's six, seven million a year, I think that's fantastic value because people like him are very, very underappreciated because people underestimate the, you know, the special, or I guess the greatness of a good returner too. Having a good return is really, really useful. And that's why when we let go of Andre Roberts a few years ago, I just I couldn't believe what I was seeing because this dude was a Pro Bowl return specialist for us. It just seemed like every time he got the ball in his hands and he didn't call for a fair catch, we all just expected it to go for a touchdown. And then we let him walk for nothing. And so now that we have something like that in the building again, knowing that he's a great return specialist along with how quick he is and we know he has reliable hands, he doesn't drop anything it seems like, that's something you have to keep on, or you have to hold on yeah. to, excuse me, and something we've, we've got to resign him. And, and like you said as well, and that was another thing that I was talking about earlier too, was hit not only, okay, the, the on-the-field stuff, the, you know, the, the stuff he gives us in the slot is phenomenal, but the return ability, the special teams ability, like you said as well, a lot of people don't understand how 
a great returner or a good returner will impact the game. Dude, that literally yeah. can give us great field, field position. position. It sets our offense yeah. up for very for good good drives. He could set us up for short drives. If you look at what we've done this year, done this year, a lot of our offensive drives have been set up because he was a solid return. We had a solid return from him, and he set us up in really mm-hmm. good field position. That's huge, especially again when you talk about a young quarterback. You want to go as short as possible to the end zone if you can. You don't want to have to do yeah. ninety nine yeah. yard drives constantly. You know what I'm saying? So he's given us something there. So I would love. Uh, to see him brought back to me as well as you. I think he is a guy that's my sign. I don't want to dramatically overpay, but I do want to make sure that we can get him in for a comparable deal between us and him and make him, you know, a jet for a little bit, you know what I'm saying, a while to come. I really want to see yeah. him continue that's to play for it. That's why I think the $6 million range is pretty, a pretty good range, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Somewhere in yeah, the, somewhere between five and $7 million a year seems fair. Yeah. So when you look at this defense now, you talk about young players – we're seeing Echols really step up, man. I mean, this guy's played really well, you know, so far this season when he's been out there. Again, he's been nicked up here and there. But, dude, when he's playing, he's, he's solid out there. Do you think him and Hall could be our cornerbacks of the future, or would you still look to, you know, continue to address that position in the offseason? Yeah, I was, I, if they are the corners going uh, into the future and we're keeping them as the starters, I'd be perfectly content with it because I think they've done their job. Um, obviously, Bryce Hall has been phenomenal. I think he was – I mean, you could argue he was the steal of the entire draft last year. He's been – obviously, the stats that everyone looks at for corners are just, you know, interceptions and tackles and, um, you know, stuff like that. But when you go into the other things that also do count as well, like pass breakups and um, quarterback rating while being targeted and things that matter but don't get shown on the stat sheet, he's, like, at the top of all those lists. And so he's definitely somebody who I can see us holding on to without a doubt. Brandon Eccles has been solid. He hasn't been as good as Bryce Hall, but um, he's, I mean, he's done his job too, covering the number two guy on most teams. Um, You know, for a six round rookie, he's been way better than I think any of us would have anticipated. So I would love to see us hold on to him in the future, even if it's as a rotational guy, he's definitely somebody who's, you know, proven he's worthy of sticking around too. Yeah, I think he is as well. And also we're continuing to see the great play of C.J. Mosley. This dude is flying around. There was a lot of question marks about him coming into this season. But let me tell you something. C.J. Mosley has put his stamp on this season. This guy is just destroying people. He is the guy out there. He's a leader within our defense, and he's played very well for us. Now, one of the things I wanted to talk to you about as well, Jacob, is – you know, this, the whole Calvin, Calvin Ridley situation, you wanted to talk a little bit about it earlier. Mm-hmm. Give me your thoughts on it, man. There's a lot of people for some reason now that are, you know, I know that there's been issues with him in Atlanta. They're saying that in the offseason they would love to see the New York Jets trade for him. Give me your thoughts on that, man. Is he a guy that you would give up draft capital for? Yes, without a doubt. Because I can see where mm-hmm. you're coming from totally, where the mental side of it is not 100% sure. Um, but I did see a tweet from like an NFL insider that said something, uh, you know, around a second and a fourth could get you there. And so essentially to me, what that says is with our second and fourth, keeping in mind that we have an extra second and we have an extra fourth in a sense, if we trade a second and a fourth for Calvin Ridley, we're essentially trading Calvin Ridley, or excuse me, Sam Darnold and Chris Herndon for Calvin Ridley in a sixth round pick. And so Mm -hmm. that's, I mean, you can't get much better than that in terms of a trade because, when he's on the field and he's healthy, 
we've seen how good he's been. And I get the mental side of it can be a little bit of a risk, but I just see the reward is much higher than the risk. And the good thing is the draft isn't next weekend or something like that. We have until end of April. And so that's, you know, a good three months for things to get figured out. Um, by then, he, you know, he's made it clear that he has no interest in playing football in the, for the foreseeable future. Then, yeah, then I don't think mm-hmm. he'd take a chance on that if he's made it bright and clear that he doesn't want to play football anytime soon. But if things yeah. are starting to get figured out and he's getting back into football shape and, you know, posting about it here and there, tweeting about it, whatever he's doing, saying I'm happy to be back and get going again, then I think we definitely take that chance for a second and fourth round pick. Because at the end of the day, yeah. I've always been of the mindset of, you take the guaranteed good player over the potential player in the draft, if that makes sense. Because in the second round, there's definitely guys who are going to become, you know, uh, potential stars, even superstars you can find mm-hmm. in the second round from time to time. Mm-hmm. Um, but not every second-round pick is going to be an Elijah Moore or a Javante Williams or a JOK or anything like that. And so when you have the opportunity to take a potential top 15 wide receiver by just giving up a second and a fourth, I say yes 10 out of 10 times as of right now. Yeah. 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 I, listen, Jacob, and I hear you. I, and I've, I've had this discussion with many people uh, that said the exact same thing. But, again, for me, that mental stuff, the, the, the questioning whether he wants to play football, the issues with whatever he's got going on mentally makes me want to stay, steer away from that. And especially when you look at where we're at uh, within our rebuild, I think that we're a team. I know you said it looks like you gave away Sam Darnold and another player. But, again, you look at the, the drafts that we've had, We've been able to get Elijah Moore in the second round and Carter in the fourth. Which, what if you can find two more playmakers just like them or two guys that can play defense that can make plays just like they're making on offense? I'm taking that I all can, day. And that's yeah. why I think, I, I, yeah. again, I, and I, look, I think Calvin really is very talented. But all those question marks for me specifically, when you look at the New York Jets, I'm a guy that, you know, I know a lot of things are based on luck. I love to roll the dice, all right? When you look at our luck, it ain't so good. <laughs> it ain't so good, yeah, all right? Like, I, I we can gotta, see we that. Gotta, I, can I, see I don't that. like to – I don't like – yeah, I don't like to tempt fate too much, all right? So when you look at what, whatever's going on with him in Atlanta, when he comes to – if we were to trade for him and he comes to New York, it's going to get put on full blast. There is nothing you can keep away from the media here. When you look at what the media is doing to Zach Wilson, they, they, you look at what they've done to other players in the past. They've had field days with people. Remember the stuff that they were doing with Le'Veon Bell? I mean, it was, it was ridiculous at one yeah. point. There was one point where we had a bunch of unnamed sources that used to report on the team and all kind of crazy things that we've had going on here. So when you have a guy that has some of the issues that he has, I don't think that, I don't think that the New York, um, the, the New York uh, base here, you know, some of the things that we have going on here. I don't know if that would fit him well, and I think that that would absolutely make the situation worse to turn it up. I would rather take that capital and get younger players in here, especially when you're looking at the draft wizard that Joe Douglas has been so far. He's really been able to bring guys in that have had impact you know, immediately, you know, again, we're looking at Elijah Moore having impact immediately. Michael Carter having impact immediately. There's other draft picks that impact immediately. You know what I'm saying? I would want us to, to go that route. But, again, I understand those I that want to go after really. I'm just not interested. Go ahead, Jacob. I'll give you the last word on that one. I, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I can 100% see where that comes from. But at the same time, we've got to remember two things. First of all, Calvin Ridley, he's not getting to the age where wide receivers start to regress. He's not this 29, 30, 31-year-old wide receiver. He's like 23, 24. He is still in the heart of his prime and can get even better. And so the other thing we have to think about is, obviously, Joe Douglas's 2021 draft has been a success. 20 draft. We were all so hyped up about it and everything and all excited. Now, Mekhi Becton went on the field has been great. 
But then you go to the second round. Denzel Mims already talked of him being yeah. cut. Third All round, right, Ashton yeah. Davis, been extremely underwhelming. Uh, obviously, Bryce Hall was a great pick in the fifth round. Braden Mann was good in the sixth round. But fourth – oh, uh, other third-round pick, Jabari Zuniga. I don't even – he's on the practice squad or something like that. So, he's had success from time to time in the draft. But he is not this all-knowing draft wizard who every pick he has is going to be a guaranteed pro bowler or star in our system. And that's been proven by a second-round pick last year, two third-round picks last year. Um you know, I think the James Morgan pick in the fourth round, too, he, I don't even know if he's on the team anymore. And so, yeah, he's talking not, about he's a second and yeah. a fourth round pick, that's Denzel Mims and James Morgan right there. And so, obviously, the second and fourth round this year were a tremendous success with Elijah Moore and Michael Carter. But recency bias plays a lot into a lot of what people think um, from time to time. And when it comes to something like this, we think, oh, a second round pick automatically, you know, connects with Elijah Moore. And a fourth round pick automatically connects with Michael Carter. But then you go back one year further and step away from the recency bias a little bit, and you see that the second and fourth round picks aren't even seeing the field anymore. And so I just think as good of a GM as he is, and I love him as a GM, I think he's one of the best in the league. When that opportunity comes, it's time that we start taking a little bit of risk. Um, you know, And it's not like we're giving up our last draft picks. We still have two first-round picks, and if the guy isn't there that he wants in the first round with one of our picks, probably the later one, which is still going to be in the top ten, he could very easily trade down. Uh, you know, to, Let's say if we're at seven, he could trade down to 11, 12, still get a phenomenal player who's probably a, you know, a guard or an edge or whatever he wants to do, acquire an extra mm-hmm. second-round pick or a, a couple extra seconds next year or whatever it is, and still come away with a, you know, a fantastic player at 12. So when we have these opportunities to add stars in the draft, knowing we also – it's not our only second-round pick. We've got two second-round picks. I think you got to go for it. No, it's listen, time I, that I we hear you. Step I, away from the – you know, I think – I just think it's time that we take a little bit, if possible, uh, of a step away from everything being so central or focused on, you know, the draft. And, you know, these opportunities don't come up all the time. It's not often that you see a when healthy top 15 wide receiver available on the market for that chief. So I think it's time yeah, that we start but, taking but those again, risks because that, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. 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 No, yeah, listen, I, I hear you. But again, when you talk about why he's so cheap, there's a reason, like <laughs> there's a reason. And I mean, we've taken chances on guys before in the past that has kind of worked out and then not worked out so well. Again, Brandon Marshall, we took a chance on him as well, brought him in. He played well for us. But then if you look at the tail end of, you know, before we had to get him out of here, there was big-time issues. And what happened? We had to clear a lot of those other guys out of here as well when we had some team turnover there because there were so many issues in the locker room. If Again, if this guy is a guy that is questioning whether he wants to play football, and, again, there's other issues as well that comes with him, I'm not a guy that wants to take that type of capital a second round, especially for a team that's still in a rebuild that needs help. Because like you said as well, that second first-round pick, I'm thinking that's going to be edge because I'm at this point, Linderbaum is my target at the top of the first. I want to take a yeah, center absolutely. at five, and if guy. he's there, I, I've been absolutely. very clear about that. You know what I'm saying? I've been, <laughs> I've been very clear about that, and I'm going to keep saying that. You know what I'm saying? And I love to have these discussions, but for me, I'm trading down with that first, and I'm getting some edge, and mm-hmm. then in the second, if edge is still there, I'm taking it again. And I know y'all going to call me crazy, but I would look to take edge again as well with the other second rounder. Because I want as many guys as possible that's going to be able to rush the passer. When you look at how the Giants won the Super Bowl, they had multiple guys that could rush the passer. You look at how the Bucks are running the Super Bowl. 
They have multiple guys that can rush the passer. We're in a passing league. We haven't had a pass rusher, and I don't know how long. And we're all expecting. Well, Carl now remember, Lawson we do have Carl Lawson from a torn back. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but again, he's coming back from a torn Achilles. You're expecting a guy coming back from a torn Achilles to give you 15, 16 sacks off the, off the bat? No, I, I don't. No, I don't, I don't I'm not expecting what, that. Exactly. So I don't. I don't know what he's going to come back as at this point. And again, if uh, we're Jets fans, we know how things roll around here, right? If if it's if anything bad can happen, it's going to happen. You know, that's the, yeah. that's kind of how it works around here. Anything bad that's going to happen, it's going to happen. So Pretty I would much. like to get us multiple multiple uh, pass rushers in this draft. You know, even if we don't take a, a, another pass rusher with that second second round pick, you also got to look at. You know, a lot of people want wide receivers as well. I could see some people saying that too. So I just think that there are so many different things that you can do to not only help both of the defense, which is what we need. We haven't had a pass rusher in 60 years. I don't, I don't you know, last guy I remember that could rush the pass consistently was John Abraham. That was it. You know what I'm saying? We had Aaron Maven for a little bit, but we haven't had anybody since then. We need to make that a focus. And we need to make that a focus because that's literally how Sulla's defense is predicated. It's predicated off of pressure. Yeah, that's what it is. You don't have to have amazing safeties. That's why I don't want to take a safety at five. We'll be talking about that tonight as well. I don't want to talk. I don't a corner. That's fine. I, you know, I would look at corner. But if you look at how we're supposed to be built, we're supposed to literally be built like the 49ers. The 49ers bring pressure. They got Bosa. They got Warner. They got all these guys that just come off the edge and make it a long day for your quarterback. You got to be like two seconds to figure out what you want to do with the football. Either you're going to get hit and it's going to be a strip sack or you're going to throw an interception because you have no clue where the ball should be going. You're just trying to get it out. That's how this defense is predicated, from the front to the back, not from the back to the front. That's mm-hmm. why I don't want a safety. I'm so tired of arguing with guys now, about safeties too, Jacob, yeah, no, on, on Twitter. I, I just had enough. Go ahead, go ahead, Jacob. Give me your thoughts on this. Okay, yeah, so I, again, the Kyle Hamilton thing I see completely. Um, but when you go back and look at, like, have you ever seen, you know, when people do, like, a couple years in the future, they go back to – one of the old draft classes and they do like a redraft where they, what the teams, what I would do if I was the GM of this team now and everything and all the mm-hmm. really good players who were steals, you know, get picked in the top 10 and everything. Derwin James mm-hmm. got taken at pick number 17 in real life. And if mm-hmm. you go back to like a 2017 redraft or something and he's oh, not in the top 10, want. all the comments are just, well, how could Derwin James not be there? He's the best safety in the NFL, this and that. And I just think Kyle mm-hmm. Hamilton is so much more than just your prototypical safety because he can play mm-hmm. weak side linebacker he can rush the passer you know and if that's what our defense is built on having guys who can get to the quarterback he's exactly that because he's not just a regular six foot 200 pound safety he's six four two four two thirty five two forty whatever he is he can play safety he can cover tight ends he can rush the passer better than jamal adams can and mm-hmm. we're going into more of a you know a positionless football type of movement and era it seems like where Safeties are playing linebacker. Micah Parsons going into the draft. Nobody knew. Is he a linebacker? Is he a safety? Is he an edge rusher? What is he? You know, he can play all around the place like that. These guys who play, you know, positionless football, same thing with Debo Samuel. And, like, what we're doing is Braxton Berrios. We use them as running backs, wide receivers, all this and that. And when you put somebody like that, like Kyle Hamilton, in a situation where it's a defense, defense strictly built on getting to the passer and using guys in creative ways, that's exactly what I see us being able to do with him. Now, I would not take him at four if there's uh, Derek Stingley there or Evan Neal as a tackle or one of those two top edge rushers in Hutchinson or Thibodeau. I'm taking all of those mm-hmm. over the safety. But if we want to trade down with that second pick, which right now is at seven, if it stays at seven and we want to trade down to 10, 11, 
and we acquire an extra second this year and next year and all this, and he's still there, I have no issue with us taking him there because he's so much more than just a safety. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I hear you, but, you know, and again, I think the kid's phenomenal, but he is a safety in my book. Um, I understand that he can be moved around, and we hear a lot of – there's been other guys that is uh, – Jabril Peppers, I believe they were saying the exact same thing about him. He could be moved around. We've seen that with other guys as well that could be moved around. But at the end of the day, he's a safety. Uh, Jamal Adams, they were saying the same thing. Dude, he's a hybrid player. He can be moved around. That's phenomenal. He's a safety. All right? Uh, when you look at the situation here, I think there's positions of impact. We could not take a safety that high in the draft. And I know that you talked about a lot of different things, but we cannot take a safety that high in the draft. You have to go and address positions of impact. We just got rid uh, – we just did that when we took Jamal Adams earlier in that draft with McCagan, and we never really properly – we never really properly addressed position of impact when we've seen what that happened with us. I'm looking at the, the board, and I'm just saying, look, you get the pass rusher. You get the guy that's going to rest the passer. You get the guy that's going to bring the heat. And also you make sure that you get yourself – an offensive line to protect Zach Wilson because let me tell you something, Absolutely. we ain't going to have much of nothing if he keeps tearing his PCL or tears his ACL next season because Connor McGovern or Greg Van Roden or whoever the hell we got playing center or guard cannot stop the interior pressure. So that's a big issue. But, again, yeah, we're going to be having a lot Tyler of discussions. Yeah, we're going to be having a lot of those discussions going forward for the draft. So my final question before I let you go, Jacob, you've been bringing the heat tonight, man. Give me your final score prediction for the upcoming game against the Bills, man. How do you think this game ends up? What do you think happens? Um, realistically, I think it's a loss. But um, I think we're definitely going to keep a fight up and we're going to you know, play with heart and everything, just like it's a playoff contention game. But I see it being like a 27-23 loss or something like that. Okay. 27-23 loss. Wow. 27-23 yeah. loss. For the Bills, jeez. Here's what it is, though. Listen, salute to you, Jacob. I got to get back to these lines. You have yourself a good night, all right, my friend? All right, you too. Happy New Year. All right, have a good one. Salute to Jacob for calling in. Again, we're getting back to these lines, 515 is the number. Call in. We are taking all callers again when you're on the lines. Please be patient. We'll get to everybody. We got callers. We're going to get to everybody and hear everybody's takes, though. I want to respect everybody's time so next we're going to my guy steve steve we're coming directly to you we want to talk to you tonight about zach wilson how are you doing tonight steve again i want to thank you for calling in give me your thoughts about zach wilson play against the bucks and how are you feeling about the media going after him and his character after the fourth and two play call not working out hey joe well first off it's, it's always great to hear from you man how you doing I'm all right, man. I'm doing great. How about yourself? And Happy New Year to you as well, my friend. Hey, you too, man. So, okay. So I'm just, so now I've been waiting to finally get a chance to talk to some people about, like, you know, going back to last week's game. You know, as going into last week, you know, when we were playing against the defending Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I really, 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 really thought at first that we were going to get our butts kicked in that game because – the Buccaneers were the defending Super Bowl champions, and you know they and you know and and they're playing for something right now, not like what the Jets are playing for now. But I gotta tell you something. I thought last Sunday was the best game I saw Zach Wilson have the whole entire season. You know, he it was it was the first time I think uh, you know he he threw for over 200 yards in the game. Uh, he most of his passes were complete. He was throwing dimes in in, in that game mm-hmm. against against Tampa Bay, 
and, 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 his throw, and his throws were phenomenal. And I'll tell you one thing, Braxton Berrios, I got to tell you something, he deserves to have an extension with us. He absolutely earned the contract extension. He absolutely yeah. earned it. So now, mm-hmm. now, now I want to talk about the fourth and two play with you. Listen, here is the thing about going for it on fourth and two. I did like the idea because, you know, and I did understand why, because you don't want to give Tom Brady the ball back. You don't want to give Brady the ball back with under two minutes left in the game because obviously we've seen what Brady did before. And honestly, that play play was what really hurt the game. That play was what really did hurt this game. And the one thing that I did like about what Coach Sala and Mike LaFleur said after that game, that play call was on us. It wasn't on Zach Mm -hmm. Wilson. It was on us. And you know something? That is something that I did like, what Robert Sala and Mike LaFleur did. They took, the, they took that play call to themselves. They didn't blame it on Zach. They didn't blame it on the team. And, I, I, mean, I mean, here was the thing. I mean, I mean here was the thing. That, that, to me, is a good learning experience for Robert Sala because as a rookie head coach he is and as a rookie offensive coordinator Mike LaFleur is, that is something that they need to learn as the future goes on with this team. And now, Joe, before I let you talk, I've got to talk to you about the media. I don't understand how the media can bash Zach Wilson. I don't understand how they can bash Zach Wilson after that game. He just played one of the best games of his rookie season against a really good football team in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And the media decides to still bash him just because mm-hmm. he couldn't get the job done. Listen, yeah. this was a game we weren't even supposed to be in. This was supposed to be a game where Tom Brady and the Buccaneers were supposed to blow us out. Well, guess what? This past Sunday, that did not happen. We played a good, competitive football game throughout the whole entire mm-hmm. game, just except for the, for the last portion of the game. You know, the thing is, Joe, I don't understand either from when Bart Scott and Willie Colon even bashed him after the game. Like, I don't, under, I don't understand the media at all. Even the other thing the media went after, Brandon Eccles, when he picked off Tom Brady. Brandon Eccles, even after the game, went to Tom Brady and asked Tom Brady very nicely, can you, can you sign this football for me in honoring that I picked you off in this game? And Brady actually took exception. I was even surprised that Brady would sign a football for, for a Jet Young defensive player. Player, I, yeah. I will say this. If we had beaten the Buccaneers, Tom Brady would have just walked right off the field after the game. He wouldn't go out and shake hands. He wouldn't go out and, like, done that. The only reason why he was out on the field after the game was because the Buccaneers beat us. So, yeah. Joe? I mean, it was, it, was, it was crazy, Steve. You know, and you, you've already brought a pretty fire breakdown. You're bringing it. I thought that Zach Wilson played well as well. I think he looked good. There was a lot of quality throws from him, throws in the tight spaces, putting the ball where only his wide receivers could get it. I was very impressed by his showing. And, again, like I said earlier, I think this is the best game that he's had this season. Now, let me tell you something. The media bashing, I didn't understand it either, especially when the coaches literally came out and said, uh, you know, 
that they were the guys that called the play. You know, they were the guys that miscommunicated what was supposed to happen, and Zach did exactly what he was supposed to do. And then you had guys try to double down and come back and say, well, they're just trying to protect Zach. They're just trying to do that. It was, there was, there's literally nothing the coaching staff can say to convince some people that it was their mistake and that Zach Wilson was in the right. Because uh, it, it just is what it is. There's people that want to make up narratives. It's not like we haven't seen LaFleur make a bad play call this season. We've seen that. We've seen that. We we were all over his back for the first half of the season because there was issues play calling wise. So I don't understand yeah. the, these weird narratives that are going on about. I don't understand what's what's going on and why people want to bash him. But it's ridiculous. This is just Jets media being media. But one of the things that you talked about as well was the play of the defense. Eckles getting that interception. Hall has been playing well for us. I've really been enthralled by what they've done. But what are your thoughts about C.J. Mosey, man? He's really been flying around out there, really doing his thing, right? Oh, no, absolutely. I think without a doubt this year, C.J. Mosley has been the best defensive player we had. And earlier this week when he did talk to the media, you know, after he received the Curtis Martin MVP award this year, which he absolutely did earn out of any player this year, you know, one thing that Mosley is going to try to do is he is going to try to recruit free agents for next season to come to play, to play for us. And, 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 you know, I, and that's a good thing. You know, and just going back to, and the one thing, Joe, that you got to give credit to Sala is, is that Sala blamed that, going back to that fourth and two call, he blamed it on himself. Hey, listen, if Adam Gage was still our coach, he would have blamed it on this quarterback. He wouldn't blame it on himself. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. So my if next Adam question Gage for you, still our coach. Yeah, I'm glad he's gone. So when you look at this upcoming game against the Bills, what are your expectations of Zach Wilson in this game, man? So, okay. So here is my thing about this game against Buffalo. You know, listen, I asked a question to Jet fans earlier this week about going into this game against Buffalo. Do we want to win the game or do we want to lose? Some Jet fans are, are praying for a win this Sunday, but there are some fans that wouldn't mind if we would lose this game because, you know, Buffalo – because here's the thing. Going into this Sunday, Buffalo is leading the AFC East as of right now. And if they do beat us on Sunday, they win the AFC East title for the second year in a row. And the thing is, you know, listen, I would like to see the Jets play a good competitive game against Buffalo like like mm-hmm. we did last Sunday against Tampa Bay. I mean, but the thing is, you know, it's in Buffalo. And, and, and here is the one thing that could also be a challenge for in this game. The weather may not be that good in Buffalo, so there may be a time where the quarterbacks, either Allen or Wilson, may not throw the ball. I mean, Josh Allen is coming off of a game where he did throw three picks against the Falcons. Falcons, but you know, but you know something, the Bills, the Bills are a very, very loaded, talented team. I would like to see the Jets put up a much better fight against the Bills than we did the first time when we played them. Because, listen, the first time we played them, they beat us 45-17, to 17, and they beat us bad. And when I mean they beat us bad, they beat us bad the last yeah. time we, we played them. I want to see the yeah. Jets give Buffalo a good, competitive football game this Sunday. Even if we lose, Joe, I'll be okay with it. That's what I'm talking about. Now, give me your final score prediction for this game, Steve. How do you think it ends up? So here is my thing about the final score for this game. I am still going to give the win to Buffalo because it is in Buffalo, and Buffalo is a better football team than we are. 
I think the mm-hmm. Jets will definitely keep it close. Um, I'm going to go 28 Buffalo, 24 Jets. Mm, 28-24 Buffalo. Hey, listen, Joe, listen, one last thing I'm mm-hmm. going to tell you before you let me go. So mm-hmm. earlier this week or earlier today, Michael Carter had an interview and spoke about Robert Sala. Michael Carter yeah. even said Robert Sala brings life to football. We know that this season has not been the season we want to have. You know, we want to be better as the years go on. But Robert Sala is a player's coach. Players love playing for him. That's a great, that is a great sign to see. I mean, I know we're going to talk about free agency and the draft, Joe, but I want to talk to you more about it when the off season happens. But you know something, Joe? I think going into 2022, the Jets are – I do see a bright direction with this team. Let's see what happens. Absolutely. All gas, no brakes. Absolutely. Absolutely, and we absolutely, I absolutely agree with you, Steve. Again, I want to thank Steve for calling in. We're going to keep getting to these lines. Again, 515-602-9639, 515-602-9639 is the number. Call in. We are taking all callers. Please, when you call in, be patient. We're going to get to everybody. Salutes again, Angelo. Salutes to you as well. Call back if you can. But we're going to now go to my guy in North Carolina, all right? This is my guy, man. It's my guy from North Carolina. Chris Venom will come to you in a second. This is my guy from North Carolina. He knows his Jets. Listen, salutes to you, my friend. I want to thank you for calling in tonight. We're talking Zach Wilson. We're talking about the game against the Bucks. Give me your thoughts about the situation with Zach Wilson, how he played against the Bucks, and what were your thoughts about the media bashing that followed this Bucks game as well uh, that, you know, kind of came upon Zach Wilson? Uh, I didn't like it. I think it was uh, in, in poor taste. And uh, I would think some of the more seasoned NFL uh, experienced players would know better. And I was mm-hmm. very disappointed with what occurred with the, the cast with Bart Scott and, and some of those people up there because I, I do watch the network and I do tune in. And mm-hmm. I think I would expect better of our own networks to do a little bit better than the uh, traditional beat writers. You know, you, you don't expect any better of them, but our own people, you know, expect them to do a little better than this. And hopefully the yeah. fans will put them on notice that you can't continue to do this. Otherwise, we're gonna we're gonna cancel you. We're gonna you know put you off the air. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> we're gonna pull the plug on our support because we do have a right to do that. You know, the world has yeah. changed thanks to you and and other uh you know uh, providers out there who have done great work on YouTube. You know, it's given us uh, other options and uh and we've had an opportunity to see what good content is actually like. You know, without a lot of, um, I guess, what the word for it, yellow journalism and that kind of thing. You know, yeah. I think you guys have really, really changed the game. So I think they, they're they being put on notice that they're going to have to do better. You know, and uh, I'm looking forward to our future. I really like what we got going on. I'm really, really comfortable more and more with Zach Wilson. I had my concerns about him early, you know, because I'm not used to seeing a rookie a uh, young quarterback having to go out there and play so early. You know, there was a time we used to watch the NFL when, when quarterback, I think Chad Pennington was one of the last of his generation that had to sit about a year Talk or so it. before he even got an opportunity to play. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we kind of <laughs> a little bit of a shock to our system to have to go through a rough, turbulent period. And a lot of people weren't used to that, <laughs> seeing a rookie actually look like a rookie. And um, I think it's okay, though. He's turning it around. He looks tremendous. 
I'm really excited about the possibilities with the draft coming up to even add more talent for him. You know, I'm already looking at some guys early, you know, Jameson Williams, uh, the, uh, Evan Neals, the Tyler Linderbaums, the mm-hmm. um, uh, 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 Trey McBrides, and there's another mm-hmm. name that I'm going to start throwing out there to some people. He's a dark horse, but he is a really an excellent tight end. He's not traditional. He's a little bit undersized, but he's really, really good. His name, his name is Brent Keithy from Utah. Mm. I think you're going to mm-hmm. want to take a look at this guy. He is tremendous. He doesn't run mm-hmm. like your typical tight end. He runs like a running back playing tight end. He's fast. He's actually throwing spin moves on people and making them look bad and basically taking it to a foot race to the end zone. That's how good this guy is. So you're going to hear, you may hear his name mentioned. I think I think he's going to enter the draft. I think this is his, uh, what do you call it, uh, sophomore or uh, senior year. So I'm expecting him to enter the draft. I was looking for him last year, and I didn't see his name announced. You know, when the pick started going off the board, I looked for him, mm-hmm. looked for him. I said, well, what happened to this guy? Like, he disappeared. I said, oh, okay. He found out later he went back to school. So I'm hoping he'll come out this year. And this is a cat that Jets should keep their eye on. I know they're looking for probably a more traditional tight end, so I'm not opposed yeah. to that. Trey McBride looks really good. Um, my man stuck it over Ohio State. You know, they played with um, my man Justin Fields. He looks good. He's long, six foot seven, and he mm-hmm. looks very impressive. But the Jets should also have their have their eyes on Keith from Utah. He can function yeah. like an H-back. I can see this guy with his speed and his tools. They say he used to run track. I read his scouting reports, and they say this mm-hmm. guy used to run track. I see why he's so fast for a tight end. Yeah. He's fast. Yeah, know, so, so, when, so when, you look at, when you look at some of the – and you're talking right now about the draft, and, again, we'll, we'll get into a lot of those discussions. We've yeah. had a lot of that tonight. I've been big on Tyler uh, uh, Lindenbaum as well, going pick, oh. taking him high at five. I've had – Arguments Ooh. with people that want to take safeties. I'll continue to have those arguments. Uh, the you know the second first round pick we've talked about that. But one of the things that a lot of people are trying to discuss right now as well that we're hearing kind of float around is that a lot of Jets fans and even some media want to see the New York Jets trade for Calvin Ridley. A lot of people say they want to give up a second round pick. I've heard some people say they want to give up higher than a second round pick. What are your oh, thoughts no. about this idea on this trade of moving moving some capital to get Calvin Ridley? Are you a guy that wants to see the Jets do oh, that? I'm not too high on it because because uh, to me, unless he's got some years left on that contract where we don't have to uh, worry about uh, extending him a long term contract, I'm not too keen on giving up draft picks for wide receivers. Mm. I'd rather draft one, have it four years of control, and the fifth year I think is optional. And I'd rather go go that route because I'm looking at Jameson Williams. And there's mm-hmm. another cat named William Wilson. I've seen a little bit of him. He kind of reminds me almost like a slightly lesser version of Elijah Moore, like the same type of wideout, very crafty mm-hmm. and really, really good at what he does. He might be a dark horse that the Jets might want to take a look at because this kid, William Wilson, is as good as he looks. And Jameson Williams from Alabama just looks scary. <laughs> I mean, he looks fast. I've seen him on special teams. He's literally taking it to the house on special teams and making tackles on kicks and punts. This guy looks like he's really versatile and really, really talented. I think if you put Jamison Williams with his game-breaking ability with Elijah Moore on the other side, all of a sudden you have a very mm-hmm. scary and dangerous wide receiver core. 
that will change yeah. and dictate the way teams play. They won't be able to just play us any old kind of way and just line up man. They will have to do a lot of zone. Even if they show us man looks, they're going to have to play zone against us, which will give Zach yeah. Wilson a chance to really kind of, you know, kind of throw darts and sit back there and just, you know, look for the openings in the defense and just throw the balls and, you know, just do those kind of things, which we know he's very good at. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so I'm kind of thinking so more to our... just draft a wide receiver rather than give up all those draft picks. I mean, I, I mean, with our luck, we haven't been very lucky, you know, making these yeah. kind of trades. You know, sometimes these things might backfire on us. I'd rather go on and, and look to the draft. Yeah. So when you, when you look at our wide receiver course, as you talked about, you know, lining yeah. Elijah Moore up with another guy we drafted, in your mind, is Braxton Berrios a must-resign as well to keep around, you know, to help kind of help that wide receiver core in certain spots and also give us a little bit of special team help going into the future? Oh, yeah. Yes, very much so. He seems to be a good fit with us. He seems to really love playing for the Jets. And I'm hearing the good news that they're already, as we speak, in negotiations. Yep. So that's a promising yeah. sign to bring this cat back. Yep. So he's versatile. And we've had guys like that before. Like, you remember Chad Bowen back in the day, who we silly yep. let him go to the Redskins. Remember that? And then yep. Leon yep. Washington, yep. Brad Smith. Yep. So we've had guys yep. like this that been two-way guys. Even, uh, might you, I think you might be old enough to remember Bobby Humphrey. They used to mm. play corner. <laughs> he was a top-notch kick returner. He led, I think he led the, the NFL or the AFC in kick return yardage, and he was, he was magnificent in his day. So it's good to have a guy that's versatile, you know what I'm saying, he could do some special teams work and, and, and do it very, very well on a high level and also contribute to your offense. So I say, why not? You know, why, even if we had to, let's say, pay him just a little more, it's not going to be anything crazy, but just pay him a little more because I see that special teams value, that two-way value where you can save a roster spot instead of having two different guys to do, you know, serve in two different roles. If you have one guy that can serve in various different roles, that can kind of, you know, save your roster spot like it did back in the day with Leon Washington and Brad Smith, you know, under Rex Ryan. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when you look at this Jets defense, this is something as well when we continue to talk about the draft yeah. and we're, we're continuing to talk about going forward. One of the things that we've seen is this cornerback, you know, these two young cornerbacks in Echoes and Hall, in my mind, they're playing mm-hmm. well, man. We look at these guys, you look at oh, what yeah. they did against the Bucks. Do you look at them as cornerbacks yeah. of the future or do you feel like we need to continue to address the cornerback position? I think we'll have an opportunity to add on to the group we have. I think we have a solid core. I really like what the, the work they're doing, as you uh, stated so well. But I think looking toward free agency, that's something to keep an eye on if we can get something done. And if not, I say uh, if we could get Bryce Hall uh, in the fifth round, I would think we should be able to find a good corner in the second round looking at what Joe Douglas has done and his ability to scout and evaluate talent. I trust him, and I'm extremely mm-hmm. confident in his ability to find us a corner early. If not with the first picks, I know Stingley's name has been widely thrown around because I do a lot of YouTube. Yes, I'm a YouTube junkie, and I check you yes, out sir. and all the other Jets platforms 24-7, and I know various ones have Stingley going to us. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not opposed to taking him, but I've seen his video. He's magnificent. He's Revis-like, mm-hmm. making crazy mm-hmm. acrobatic interceptions. That's the level he's on. The only concern is the medical red flags around him are a little scary. It reminds me of another yep. corner that we selected. Diesel. You remember after we traded Revis? You know what I'm talking about. 
and we mm-hmm. traded Revis. I'll never forget it. And I kind of like this guy. He's like he's going to be solid, maybe be a very good pro. But then there's this mm-hmm. little snagging thing. He just seemed to stay hurt. Every time you look, there's like little injuries. And this guy can <laughs> never quite get on the field. It looked like he was going nope. to come back maybe in a couple of weeks. And then something would yeah. happen, and then he would kind of disappear. And then when he did you get know. on the field, you could see where he his progress was stuntified because see, he wasn't mm-hmm. as sharp, and he started getting beat a little bit. And all of a sudden, he would just disappear. And you wouldn't yep. see him again. You wonder what's going on. And find out he's hurt again. So, hurt. I mean, I'm, I'm a little nervous about uh, taking steam. Yeah, that's right. But I trust Steve that Joe Milner. Douglas is going to do his medical reports on Stingley. And the key oh. thing for Stingley, he's got to be healthy. He's got to be able to participate in all the uh, the workouts. And whenever they have the combine workout, that's going to be the key mm-hmm. for him. If he can yeah. participate in those and hit him out of the ballpark and do what I think his skill set dictates, then, you know, things are subject to change, and maybe Joe Douglas might consider selecting uh, Stingley. But if there are question yeah. marks about his ability to participate in those workouts, you can forget it. You know, if he can't yeah. do the combines yeah. and he can't do some of this stuff and all of a sudden those questions arise about his health, no. If the Jets do take him, they will take him off a major trade down. That means the Jets will trade down from four. They'll trade all the way down in the teams, and Stingley could slide to them. Then they will take him. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you what, uh, medical concerns like that, I, listen, I learned my lesson. I was a big, uh, you know, when we drafted D. Milner, I was like, yo, this guy's yes, going to yes, be yes, something yes, special yes. here. Like you said as well, he had the yeah. talent. I, we watched him have – we also watched him have games, flashes. I remember there was a game against the Browns where he uh, he covered, uh, you know, their their top wide receiver at the time. And, man, it yeah. was phenomenal. But we never saw oh, yeah. games like that again as well. Like you said, he stayed hurt. Always. He was always hurt. It was always something. And he was never able to yeah. really uh, amount to anything here because he was always seeing, you know, the the injury list. So, you know, any injury concerns oh, yeah. like that? Well, player I hear so much time there. like that and with injuries, it, yeah. it, stunts their, it stunts their progress. Some Absolutely. of them, they can't really work on their yep. skills. They can't do the normal team yep. activity. And it really, really hurts them. It really sets them back and it ruins their career. We've seen that. With yeah, him yeah, and that wide receiver, remember that wide receiver we took the other year? I think I'm trying to think of his name. He was fast as hell, too. And that from, dude uh, stayed hurt. Alabama? He was really good. About? And he stayed hurt, and something happened to that oh. guy, and all of a sudden he's like, he disappeared. We never heard anything so, from him. Nothing. I mean, nothing. We, we've had so many nothing. guys like that. Now, you brought the heat, man, so far. So my final question for you before I let you go, yeah, man. Sure. Give me your score. Your final score prediction for the New York Jets upcoming game against the Bills. How do you think the game ends up, and what do you expect out of Zach Wilson? Looking at what LaFleur is doing with our offense and Zach Wilson's progression, I can see it being 34-28. I think because Buffalo is desperate to win, I say 34-28, probably Buffalo. Even though I won mm, the game, I think because they're so hard pressed. Yeah, unfortunately. But I think Zach ahead, Wilson with 28 points on the board is going to have a good performance, and hopefully we'll be, we'll come out on a positive note and something mm-hmm. to hang our hats on and, and look forward to next year and in the off season coming up. So I think I think either way we're gonna we're gonna be in good shape. I think we're gonna yeah. come out there and fight. And I anticipate that uh, Salah's going to have the troops ready to go. So you better believe it. So we gave the Bucks 
uh, quite a competitive game, and I look for the same thing with yep. Buffalo because we're more familiar with them. We faced them early in the year, and this is a good rematch for Salah. So that's something to keep yep. an eye on and how he responds to this team in the rematch and what will be the final game of the year. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I am as well. Listen, I want to thank you for calling in, my friend. Yeah. We got to hear from you more often, man. You know what I'm saying? I know you yeah, got to work. Yeah, my work schedule keeps me working. Yeah. Normally, when you're on the air live, I, I'm missing you, and I'm normally uh, working at the airport at the time. Yeah. And then when I do go on break, you know, I'll put on YouTube, and I'll see the notification uh-huh. from you that you're going live, but I don't even have the, have mm-hmm. the time to even call in because by the time <laughs> I get you on, I have to go back. And I remember one time I got uh-huh. on hold, you know, to get through the call uh-huh. on your cubicle to get mm-hmm. through, and by the yeah. time – I think it was a couple of calls away from getting to you. I had to go back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So I didn't have the chance to even talk to you. So don't yeah. think too hard. I, I get it, man. I really miss talking no. to you. Yeah. No, I, I get it. My work schedule is crazy as yeah. well. That's why I love connecting with people when I can. But, again, I love hearing from you. You have great takes, man. You have yourself a good Same night. Same here, buddy. And you All too right. now. You have... All right. Good. Okay. Listen, what a phenomenal call. <laughs> My guy's from North Carolina, man. He knows his Jets. He knows what he's talking about. We're going to keep getting to these lines. Again, 515-602-9639. 515-602-9639 is the number. Call in. We are taking all callers. Next, I'm going to my guy, Chris. Venom G's, you'll be next. CT, we're coming to you as well after uh, Venom G's. Salutes to you, Chris. I want to thank you for calling in tonight. Hey, what's up? Chris, give me your, what's going hey. on? Give me your thoughts, man. Listen, Zach Wilson has come under fire. What are your thoughts about what the media has had to say about him and his character after the fourth down and two, you know, kind of breakdown in that play? I mean, he plays he plays with his, his hair on fire. He plays like, you know, a guy that wants to win, a guy who wants the ball in his hand. I see nothing wrong with that, you know. He's a young player. He, wants to, he wanted to win the game. He wanted to take the ball. He wanted to win the game. So, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, these games are, are, are to judge with this, and we've got a true guy that wants to grit the games out. So I think I think – even though the play call was, was, was questionable, the Jets were running the football, and, you know, mm-hmm. they were running the football successfully, and they tried to get a, uh, a sneak. Hey, you know, they, they tried it, and they didn't, they didn't do it. I give them credit for going for it, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it was a miscommunication. The coaches came out there and said that. I just don't understand why the media has constantly gone on and on about it and really tried to destroy this kid. But another guy that really made a lot of plays in that game, Braxton Berrios. Braxton Berrios has looked phenomenal. What are your thoughts about his impact so far this season? And do you think he's a must-re-sign this coming off season? Is he a must-re-sign? Uh, no. But would we like why to not? re-sign him? Yes. I think, I think because the, the thing is like this. Um, for the for the Jets for the Jets the Jets team, you can said you said yourself, pass rushers, cornerbacks, you know, mm-hmm. you know things of that nature, you know, are a priority for this team. And if you're blowing, if you're spending a huge amount of money on on your third third wide receiver, and not your number one or two, and bringing somebody else in, you know. Yeah, you gotta you gotta be careful what you what you spend your money on in free agency. But, you know, has Braxton Barrios been here? Has Braxton? I will. Oh, I, I I'll give him what he wants, but I won't overpay. You know. Yeah. And no, the thing and, is and that I, if, he, I hear you, Chris. if he, 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 I, I hear you, Chris, and I hear exactly what you're saying. I don't think. Well, I, I 
don't think that Joe Douglas is going to drastically overpay. And I don't think you have to drastically overpay to bring back the burials back. We have quite a bit of, you know, uh, yeah. cap, you know, cap space left to bring him into the fold. I mean, going into free agency, again, if you want to pay a pass rusher or a top flight wide receiver in free agency, you're going to pay out of your nose. So I don't know if we're going to do that. Yeah. But even some of the other issues that you talked about that we need to address, pass rusher, all that stuff, do we can address that in, in the draft. We have so much draft capital. And, again, there could right. be trades coming from trading down in the draft to all the things yeah. that we can do that could bring even more capital about. So I think that that's another route that we could take, too, to kind of fill some of those areas. Right. I, I, I think, but look, Braxton's paid great. Um, you know, he's a great he's, he's played great for the team. He's been a security blanket for guys like Sam Donald and stuff. But also like Jamison Crowder. I, I think people yeah. downplay Jamison Crowder in terms of what, you know, he adds to the team as well. So I do like Jamison mm-hmm. Crowder. I mean, I, I really, I'm really a fan of Jamison Crowder, and I, I, I think he's a good wide receiver as well. So, you know, yeah. that's, that's what I'm telling you. That's what I'm saying. I like, I like Braxton Bears, but I also like Jamison Crowder as well. Yeah, yeah, Jamison Crowder has definitely brought some solid playmaking skills for us. I was glad that we were able to get him, you know, back into the fold after there was a kind of dust up about his contract stuff, you know, during the season. But we were able to kind of move on from that. He came in for a solid deal that worked for us Mm -hmm. on the team, and he's been really playing well when he's been out there on the field. I think they expect him to be on the field against the Bills, and that takes me to my next question for you is – when you look at the situation against the Bills, you got Fant out, you got McGovern out, you know the Bills are going to bring the heat, you know they got pass rushers. How concerned are you about the protection of Zach Wilson against the Bills? I'm very concerned about, you know, the, the, the safety of, of the quarterback and, the, you know, what they're going to bring to the thing. But the last game of the season, these guys are going to play like they got nothing to lose. And when you have a mm-hmm. team that um, – as going to the playoffs, you start thinking about injuries, you start thinking about the next game. These guys are going to be playing with their hair on fire like they have nothing to lose. And in the yeah. NFL, yeah. They, you, you, you go either way. So you expect, I expect a supreme effort out of, the, out of the Jets for this particular game. And I believe they're very yeah. dangerous. I mean, mm, mm. Well, my Bills, final question for you, I believe they're very my dangerous. final question, yeah, like you said, they're, they're a dangerous team. We saw them put up a, a hell of a fight against the Bucks. And, you know, give me your final score prediction, man. How do you think it's going to happen? What do you think the score is going to be? How do you think fan, I've, I've been a Jet fan for, man, a long time. And as mm-hmm. any Jet fan will listen to this call, you know to expect the unexpected when you listen to this team. Um, <laughs> in, 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 in the individual matchup, I'm going to tell you, Joe, I think the Jets are going to win this game, man. Okay, give me your score. Give me your I score. Think just, I, I think the Jets are going to win this game. I think it's going to be 28-20. Uh, I think Josh Allen's going to get uh, nervous. I think he's not mm. going to perform. And I think he's going to get pressure from the crowd of the AFC Championship. He's going to be looking over his shoulder. And I think he's going to make some mistakes. And I think the Jets wow. are going to win okay. this game. <laughs> Chris said 28-20. Okay, Chris, listen, I want to thank you for calling in. i got to get back to these lines. You have yourself a good night, my friend. Yep. All, All right, right, thank salute. you. Listen, <laughs> salute, listen, salute, salute again to Chris. He He said, I'm taking the Jets. 28-20, that's the first Jets pick of the night. 
Salutes to Chris. We're going to keep getting to these lines again. 515-602-9639. 515-602-9639 is the number. Call in. Next, I'm going to my guy, Venom G's. We're coming to you next, CT. Salutes to you, Venom G's. I want to thank you for calling in tonight. Venom, man, listen, there's been a lot to talk about with Zach Wilson. Give me your thoughts about his play against the Buccaneers, man. Man, I thought it was outstanding. Happy New Year, Joe, first off. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Hold, hold, hold on a second. Hold, hold on a second. Exactly. For those of you that do not know, Venom G's, savage. He's a savage. Venom G's is a straight savage, man. Don't play with him. Go ahead. Salute to you, Venom. Happy New Year. Yeah. Give me your thoughts, bro. Boy, it's crazy. Man, I think Zach was um, playing great, man. That, I think that was his best professional game that he had this Sunday where everything was clicking in. He was making the right reads. So he, he was phenomenal this week. So I, I hope he continues on that, on the same path and just continues to keep progressing and move forward with it. So hopefully we see more of that. Yeah, you know, yeah, and I, I, I think well, we see that we see that with Jets with Jets rookies when they're up against competition, they shine the brightest. When we saw yeah. Sam Donald go against Aaron Rodgers, we so we see these glimpses. So I just hope Sam just builds on this. So I, I can't yeah. wait to see what he does against the Bills this week. Yeah, I'm hoping that Zach is really able to continue to play well as well, get the ball out of his hands quickly. I think that's one of the big things that we saw against the Bucks. He was so decisive. He understood how to manipulate the defense. We're seeing that. And also yeah. it's the small things that he's doing as well, getting back to the line quickly. If he sees them trying to make a substitute, he'll quick huddle and, you know, try to get a quick snap in to get them, you know, off, catch them off balance. He does a lot of these things, these nuanced kind of things that you want to see young quarterbacks do that a lot of veteran guys do to get that next, that extra five yards, that extra shot at the end zone to get those plays. Those top quarterbacks do that. So I like that. Now, coming to this Bills game, man, because that's who we got next, when you look at the situation, our wide receiver core, Barrios is out. We got, you know, Davis is out. Uh, Moore looks like he's not going to play either. You know, we're out our top three weapons. You know what I'm saying? These guys are out. So when you look at this wide receiver core, who do you think is going to be able to step up to really give us some type of playmaking ability there? And do you think that this is the week where we see something from Denzel Mims, man? You know, I, I think I think it's going to be um, – I don't know if um, Crowder – I don't know what he played this week. I don't know if you said he's out as well. But if he's playing, think, it's probably going to be He's on crowded. the bubble. He's on the oh, bubble. He right. might so play, he, he might not play. They're not sure. If, if he plays, he's going to get most of, most of the um, targets. And then I think from there it's going to Jeff Smith or Vincent Smith. I think um, – Mm-hmm. Mims, he just has a lot more learning to do because he he still stands confused out there. So I think they, I think they're not good. They're not giving up on Mims yet. I don't think they're giving up on Mims this year. I think they're going to keep him in. Let let next year be his his um, time to shine. So I think they're going to keep hold on to Mims because they're speaking, I, you know, they're speaking highly of him. So. I'm I'm as you know I keep it real. You know that we've had discussions going back and yeah. forth. I'm a little worried, bro. Like, I'm a little worried. And you know I love Denzel. Dude, we down our top three wide receivers, and he still can't get on the field. He got next to nothing against the Bucs. Like, 
He's never <laughs> on the field, and it doesn't matter what he – like, I don't know what's going on. Look, I know that they said earlier in the season that he basically – he didn't understand the playbook. He didn't know where he was supposed to be. Dude, it's been damn near a full season. This dude still don't know where he's supposed to be. They might be yeah, showing uh, him and I mean, let's, let's keep it real. Yeah, they might be showing I, him I, the I know, I, Go Go ahead. I yeah, yeah, I know. But they, they quit to bench him immediately. Well, you could let yeah. Van Rotten let everybody run past him, and and you know he you. won't get benched ever. So, so I think I think is I, I hope they just give him another year to try to understand the system. If not, you know, chop him, chop him. If you're going to chop him now, let him go. But you know, I also heard everybody talk about you know Calvin Ridley. I don't, ah, yeah, I don't think go that's ahead. the right that's my way final to question go. For you. Go ahead. Yeah, I don't think that's the right way to go. I don't think that's, you know, I, I don't think that's for us at this point in time. And especially, like you said, I'm I'm on the same page with you. If somebody's questioning how they're feeling and, you know, we saw what Antonio did this, this weekend, I don't want to, I don't want that to be us in, in, a, in the next year or so. <laughs> I hope we don't have those type of mental issues. But, you know, before I get out of here, Joe, I just want to talk to you about the draft. I know you say you want to go Linda Bob number one, but I mm-hmm. want to know what you think about this one player that on the mock draft it has everybody picking at number seven or eight. What do you think about this kid, Nicobe Dean, from Georgia? Uh, what is? I, I haven't done like a ton of ton of too much draft oh, stuff. What, what oh. position is he what is the position is he right he's now? He's a linebacker. He he's a linebacker. He's he's you know, if you go look at his highlights, this kid is extremely good, Joe. I think he if mm-hmm. if the Jets do stay, he mm-hmm. plays pass rusher, he's extremely fast, he's a he's he's a good player. So I think, mm-hmm. you know, if you get a chance just check him out. And the Kobe Dean from Georgia. He's yeah. He's, well, he's a beast. He's yeah, a problem. I've, yeah, I've, I've definitely heard a lot of names being thrown around, like you said, especially at that second, first-round pick. But, again, my big yeah. my big thing is if he's there during the trade-down, if we go, if we go, um, yeah. you know, with Linderbaum at trade five back. and then trade back, if he's there, I think they'll be looking for a pass rusher with the next guy. So he could, Dean yeah. could be, if he's a guy that can rush the passer effectively, he could be, you know, a guy that we take there. You know what I'm saying? So, but yeah. we'll see because there's so many things you can do. Again, it depends on how far, how far down we trade down too. I think for big capital, yeah. and this is I'm just gonna throw this and out I, here right now. And before before I let mm-hmm. you, I'm gonna throw this out here right now. There's a chance if we trade down far enough, the New York Jets could have enough capital to not only have one what one two first round picks, but to trade back into the first round with some of the capital that we would oh, score yeah. from trading down to get back into the first-round pick to basically have three first-round picks. Three first-round From our second. Wow. Yeah, utilize our second to get sounds... back into the first. There's so many. Wow. The, the, the flexibility that we have with all the capital that we have has put us in a real solid position to address a lot of issues on this football team. So, Dean, N'Kobe Dean, and, again, the draft coming up, we'll be talking about those guys. Yeah. We'll get the research yeah. done. All that stuff will be talked about. You know what I'm saying? But he's a guy that could be in our path. He's a guy that we could be looking about that looking at. There's a bunch of other, you know, pass rushers as well that we could be looking at too. Yeah. Or we could go offensive line twice. 
That's something we can yeah. see too. A lot of people are talking about yet. Mm-hmm. I'm, 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 I'm with it. I'm with it as well too. Yeah. I'm with it as well yeah. too. So, and I just want so everybody me. to Go chill ahead. on the cornerback as well. Chill on cornerbacks. So we we don't need them right now. We good. We good. <laughs> we just need to build up this D line. I'm telling you, Joe. We just spoke about this last yeah. week. We telling you. Yeah. We telling you how Tampa Bay did it. We telling you the. the, mm-hmm. the I'm telling you to speak with sauce, man. You build up that D line, get some pass rushes, and we good to go, man. Keep keep Hall and Echoes, yeah. and keep my man Pennock at safety. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, give me give me but, your final score but, prediction really quickly, Venom, for for the game com- going, upcoming going, against the Bills. Give it to me. Yeah, I'm going with 29-24 Jets, man. I think Sam's going to. Yeah, yeah. We're we, we, we going to leave it saying we're we going to leave it saying we ain't the same old Jets, man. And then that's okay. a good exit before we, we get this roster rebuilt to show us, show them who we're going to be for the next year. So I think we're going to okay. give them a kick, kick in the butt and rebuild right. our roster and come back next year stronger. All right. Well, listen, Venom, I got to get back to these lines, man. Salute. I want to thank you for calling in. Venom took the Jets. You have a good night, man. Yeah, you too, man. All right. Venom took the Jets. We're going to keep getting to these lines. Final call of the night, CT. We got a couple minutes left on the show. I want to hear from him. CT, salute. I want to thank you for calling in tonight. CT, give me your thoughts on the hate from the Jets media, Zach Wilson. Give me your thoughts about him. Give me your thoughts about them bashing him publicly. How do you feel about this, man? I think it's ridiculous. I think that, um, especially after the game that he had, I think that, you know, they were pretty harsh on the kid, you know, and um, mm-hmm. especially him being a rookie. Yeah, he made a mistake. You know, he should have handed the ball off to Darius. We would have won that game. And I was mad, too, mm-hmm. like, you know, because I thought, like, man, the last time, this could be the last time Brady's in, you know, MetLife Stadium. And I, and I was like, let's just beat him, man. Let's just beat Brady one mm-hmm. more time. You know, you know? and um, we should have had it, you know, but – uh. We didn't get it, and it's okay. But, you know, Zach is rookie. He's going to learn from this mistake. I hope the entire staff learns from this mistake. It seems, seems like they are. It seems like, you know, it being a big media storm about it, there's no way they're not going to mm-hmm. learn from this and, and improve from it. So um, with them being harsh on Zach, I think a lot of people have been harsh on Zach all year, sometimes warranted, mm-hmm. sometimes not. But um, there's nothing to say that you can't deny that he's improved tremendously since, you know, since the beginning of the season. Um, and every single game gets better. It's like he gets better every single game, especially since after the injury. You know, he had some struggles, but then he gets a little bit better, a little bit better, a little bit better. And last game was his first like full game that you can say, man, he's a, yeah. he's a legit starting quarterback in this league. And he went against a really um, decent defense. You know, Super Bowl contending, the Super Bowl champions. You know, he went against them. Mm-hmm. So um, I think that you know he has a bright future, and that's all that really matters. Yeah, yeah, that's a fact. Now. When you look at this upcoming game against the Bills, man, I want to hear your take about this. A lot of guys out on the offensive line, are you concerned about the protection that's going to, you know, be out there? Because, again, the Bills are going to bring the heat. I'm, I'm concerned about everything, bro. <laughs> you know, I just found out <laughs> Elijah Moore, not only the protection, man, but Elijah Moore and Barrios are out. So, Zach, that's if he can pull this victory off, it would be miraculous, honestly. Because he has nothing. He has no offensive line, no wide receivers. And if he can do yeah. that, then he can do something that, you know, 
uh, is really you know special and sh- he would be he would have to ball out and really play a really perfect mm-hmm. game to win this one. And um you know and then on the defensive side, come on, like it's all up. This game is really all about that guy Diggs, man. That 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 slick kid Diggs. Like last time yeah. he burnt us for like three touchdowns, and I'm like, yo, if you can't contain him, and this is not just for yeah. this game, like for the rest of like the next four years, five years, he's gonna be in our division every single year. We gotta figure out a way to contain Diggs. He's the most deadly yeah. player in our division, and um, mm. I think that he's he's lethal. So if he, if you can't figure out a way to contain Diggs, we're gonna lose this game. And I thought we had a shot to win it. But when I found out that Elijah Moore and Barrios are not going to make this game, I was like, yeah, it's, it's a slim, slim to nuts. Like, it's yeah. not it's not looking good. Yeah, listen, I hear you. So give me your final score prediction for the game, man. How do you think it ends up? Uh, man, I was really going to go with the Jets. I really wanted to, but then I found out about the Barrios and men's, I mean, Barrios and um, Moore. And um, I got to say, yeah. it's got to be Buffalo, uh, 30 to, to 21, 30 to 21 about – because uh, I see things, you know, they weren't able to contain him last time. They weren't mm-hmm. able to contain him last time. And until Bryce Hall or Eccles can show me that, I know we mm-hmm. put Dunn on him at one point. We put Gidry at him at one point. Hopefully they can stick with him with Hall this time around and see what turns out, and maybe we'll have a shot. Yes, absolutely. Listen, CT, I'm going to close it out. Listen, I want to thank you for calling in. You have yourself a good night, all right, my friend? You too. Good night, man. Take care. Happy New Year. All right. We're going. Same to you. Happy New Year as well, man. Salute to CT. Now, the final caller we're going to take tonight, I think this is my guy, Angelo. Angelo, you got to be quick. We're closing out the show, my friend. Salute to you, Angelo. I want to thank you for calling yes. tonight. I want to talk to you about this Bills game. You know, as you say, we saved the best for last. I think you were last the last time. Give me your That's thoughts. Right, what man. do you expect out of Zach Wilson against this Bills team, man? Really quickly. I Yeah, I expect more momentum. You know, I expect more better plays. I expect uh, better decisions now. I was listening to the show earlier, and um, I want to say that the, the mistake in, in the Tampa Bay game was, was due to the coaches. I mean, mm-hmm. you've got a rookie quarterback in there. Is he really going to make the right decision every single time? Um, and you know what? You've got you to say it about the defense. And I know you're talking mm-hmm. about the safety position in the draft, but guess, guess mm-hmm. how we lost that game? The, Tom Brady threw the ball over the safety's head. We have no safeties mm-hmm. out there. And, and you know mm-hmm. what? Robert Sala had two times out, two timeouts. Call a timeout late in that game. You saw that the defense was, was exhausted running onto the field. We, weren't, mm-hmm. we didn't have Tip under the gun. Tom Brady had us under the gun. In that situation, yeah. I get it. You want to try to burn the clock out. You call a timeout. You put Tom Brady on the sideline. Let him think a little bit. Um, I, I want to see momentum in this Bills game. I want to see the defense start stepping up. But I'll tell you, we've got to attack the defense in the draft. And we have to attack mm-hmm. offensive line, linebackers. I think our young corners, like you said, are the building block. I don't think you've got to touch our cornerbacks. I think, you know, everybody's mm-hmm. talking about Derek Stingley. I think you say that. I like our – and imagine how good our corners would play if we had a pass rush. We don't even have a pass mm-hmm. rush right now. So, uh, as far as mm-hmm. the I want to see a couple sacks, man. How about that? How about getting, getting uh, Josh Allen on the ground a couple times? Let's, let's see some of that. Yeah. Let's see some big game. Let's see another interception. Let's see Zach Wilson throw another couple touchdowns. And I want to see, you know, a win or a close loss. I want to see same thing yeah. with Tampa Bay. Let's move the momentum into next year and build on the future of this franchise. That's a fact. Now, quickly, quickly, uh, uh, Angelo, give me your final score prediction. How do you think it ends up, man? 27-21 Bills. 
Ooh, 27, 21 bills. All right. You know, <laughs> Listen, Angelo, I want to thank you for calling in, my friend. You have yourself a good night, all right? Uh, you too, buddy. Thanks. Bye. All right. Listen, Angelo calling in. Now we're about to close out the show, folks. Listen, I'm going to do my little, little wrap-up really quickly. Look, I, it's going to be tough. I think, again, Zach Wilson is out there. We're missing a lot of our top targets. It's looking like Elijah Moore is not going to be playing. Hopefully, Jamison Crowder is going to be out there. Braxton Berrios is not going to be out there as well. Um, I know that, that, again, even Jamison Crowder himself is on the bubble, but it's looking like he's probably going to make it out there. So, you know, with the with the lack of targets, and then you also look at the offensive line, the issues there, no Fant. Um, Connor McGovern is going to be out as well. There's so much questions up front, and the Bills are going to bring the heat, man. They're going to bring the heat. I am taking the Bills to beat the New York Jets. 24 to 10. 24 to 10, I'm taking the Bills, man. Sorry. Federal was sorry, man. Hit me again. All right. So we're going to go ahead and close out the show now. I want to thank everyone again for calling in. It was a phenomenal show. Listen, I'm the man of the people. I'm here for the people. Let me shamelessly promote my Facebook page. Everyone go on Facebook, search The Long Beach Joe Show. Like that page. Like that page, my content's up there. Go ahead and give it a listen. Message me, I'll message you right back. I love going back and forth with folks about this football team. Also, leave me some feedback. I love hearing about what you folks think I do here on the Long Beach Joe Show. I'm also on Twitter as well, okay? YoungJ000. Again, YoungJ000, go ahead. Follow me. I'll follow you right back. You want to troll me? No issues. I'm the troll that lives under the bridge, and I will have my Vera Tucker jersey on at all times. I'm just saying, dude is like one of the best, you know, left guards in the league. One of the best offensive linemen in the league. That's all I'm saying. Fight on, you know. But he'll be down there with me as well. So if you want to troll, we'll troll you right back. Also, you can go to the show's page as well, at the Long Beach Joe Show, at the Long Beach Joe Show, on Twitter. All right, go ahead and follow that page. It'll follow you right back. We'll go back and forth. You know, I love talking football with folks. I'm also on YouTube as well, okay? That's where we live stream the show. That's where we have a lot of fun. We post a lot of content. We also game on there as well. The Long Beach – I'm sorry, Long Beach Joe Jets. Long Beach Joe Jets on YouTube, okay? Long Beach Joe Jets. Go there, subscribe, hit that notification bell so when I post content, you folks will be in the know. Give the videos a thumbs up, all right? You know what I'm saying? And, again, if you want to troll me, no issues. I'll troll you right back. We can go back and forth. Hit me with a comment, I'll hit you right back, and we can go back and forth on there as well. And as always, people, when you see me in person, it is arms out, chest open, free hug for everyone. Free hug for everyone. I want to thank everyone for listening. No matter where you folks are from, I truly appreciate you. I appreciate everybody that listens. Without you people, I am absolutely nothing. Thank you for taking the time out of the day to listen and call into the show. You folks are the absolute best, all right? Again, Happy New Year to everyone. Enjoy yourselves and be safe out there. You folks have a good one. Peace. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun, Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.